Peace and blessings. How's everybody doing today? A uh, couple people here. We just gonna get it popping in a few minutes. I got my uh, good friend of mine, brother DJ Bay. Uh, have him coming on the show with me, discussing a few things. Something out of the ordinary, but um, I think it's something that people need to need to learn about. I know myself, I need to learn about these things. So taking take this opportunity to bring the brother on, let him share a little something about himself. And then, uh, you know, what's important to him and the direction he's moving in terms of what we call transgenerational wealth. So peace, sister soul, main radio, peace. Good to have you, thank you. R.L. Smith, peace. MK711 piece was good. Yes, I'm gonna bring the brother on in a few in a few minutes. Um, yeah, he's already in the uh, in the queue. Thank you for being prompt, brother. Um, appreciate that. We're gonna get it started in just a few minutes. Um, So how's everybody's day doing? Going. Everything good, Grand Rising. Peace, peace. Try something new this week. Still get my technology together. Let's see. Peace, peace, brother. You can hear me? Peace. While I went to Washington. You hear me, brother? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. It's a little low on my end. Uh, yeah, sure. A little low on my end, but yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me better now? A little bit, a little bit. A little bit if you could speak up, possibly. Uh, uh, maybe get closer. Most definitely. I got you, I got you, I got you. Okay. So, yeah, um, this is a brother that I met. I don't know, I guess, what, it's been about a year or so? We met about a year ago? Yeah, around. Uh, Maybe a little over a year ago. I met him through a good friend of mine, Hakeem Green, a brother from uh, Channel Live. He does a lot of, you know, he's a hip-hop artist, golden era hip-hop artist. You know I mean? Somewhat of a legend. I consider him a legend. Um, many people in that era consider him a legend. So, you know, we'll go with that hip-hop legend, good friend of mine. Um, so he introduced me to this brother because we was working on a project together. So first time I met you, we was doing business. You know what I mean? So I salute you for that. You know what I mean? Like we got started off on, on the right, on the right path. You know what I mean? Um, outside of that, I didn't really know too much about you. You know what I mean? Got to, you know, meet you and you and your people while we was doing the shoot. You know what I mean? I had good energy. And, uh, you know, I just knew at one point we would uh, definitely start to click and, you know, move, move in a positive direction. So um, just real quick, you know, or take as much time as you need, whatever the case may be. If you could just, uh, you know, introduce yourself, um, just give a brief, you know, a brief, brief description of, of what you're about. And then we'll get into the interview. Well, definitely. First off, um, Anisha, for inviting on the platform, I was so I had shot you a text message and I was like, I wanted to talk to you about a particular project. He was like, yo, 
since I could be available, I want to bring you on. So first, I just want to say thank you for that. And just um, being reciprocal, you know, just being a real individual, bro. Like, every ever since I met you. Can you still hear me? Can you hear me? Norris, can you hear me? It's something Can you hear me? Yeah, I can't hear you. Okay, can you hear me now? Let me switch cameras. Let me switch cameras. You wanna you wanna drop out and come back in? I I got no sound in it. All right, so we had a little technical difficulty. We're gonna, we're gonna bring them back in. Indeed, sister, I'll do that. We can we can line that up. Peace. Yeah, it sounds much better too. The sounds much better too. Cool. You know how to have to be sometimes. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah, if you could just uh, uh you know, reintroduce yourself. Oh, most definitely. First off, like I said, I want to um, I'm DJ Bay with DJ Jones Bay, and I am fortunate to be on this platform. So I want to give my honors to you, one my elder, and also um, like tribal family member, because when I had. Indeed. When I first got introduced to you, the way um, Brother Hakeem Green, shout out to him as well, great brother. And he for sure is a music legend. And he has done a lot of things. He's even introduced me to some great people outside of yourself as well. And I've been fortunate enough to come in contact with people like you. And when he had told me who you were and what it is that you did, I'm like, I'm like, that's fam. I'm like, so I was elated in order to be able to communicate with somebody who's had those connections, you know, back at home where i've been disconnected because like i'm further midwest so okay. I, like i always speak highly of you whenever i'm talking to any of my peers but Thank um, you. once again like i said i'm dj bay and um some people call me the prince of hemp because of uh, one of my other companies and that's kind of how me and bro have met because i was funding a music video um for our inter our cannabis entertainment branch of one of our companies so i am multifaceted i deal in financial literacy and um, business development. And I even had my run-ins with some of the other processes and things, but they've all been beneficial as far as my development. And I, I came up in private school, so that had a lot to do with the direction that I've been able to expound in as far as business right now. Okay. So let me, um, real quick, let me get to my, so obviously like many of us, you've come through a lot of different chambers. You know what I mean? we. None of us are the people we were 10 years ago, five years ago, at least I hope not. I hope everybody continues to grow and elevate. So if you could just, uh, you know, because I like for guests to know people's stories so they have an understanding for them, you know what I mean? Some, you know, some empathy and things of that nature. So if you could um, just start from the beginning, so let us know where you was born, you know what I mean? Where you was raised and we'll go from there. Okay, well, I'm originally um, from the Michigan territory. I'm from Detroit, Michigan, West Side. And um, I was just in Flint. Right? I just left Flint. I was like, you passed me. You got to go yeah. to where I was at to hit Flint. I, I seen you passing through Ohio. I'm like, you just passed me, bro. I yeah. was just touching down, too. Okay. But, um, yeah, I'm from out that way. I was just home. I always go back home. I was just I just went home to check on my grandma and make sure I stayed out there with my family. And I... I'm a military child. My father who raised me is a Marine. My mother, although 
is also a Marine. We're, these are they're retired Marines at this point. So I grew up on Camp Lejeune down in North Carolina. So I had a private education. And then even by the time when I got up into college, I also enrolled into a private college. So I was fortunate enough to learn, like my introduction to the stock market was in the second grade. I had my first business by sixth grade. So mm. I have a, like business is my love language. So that's all, I always had an affinity for it and I had attachments to it. So I always just migrated towards anything kind of commercial. So when I had, um, <laughs> when I found out that I'm like college, I felt like they was trying to kind of hold me back. I was able to test out of my courses when I was 18. They wouldn't put me in the higher classes. So I decided to leave and I started working on my own businesses and then I fell into the UCC stuff and I became so proficient in it because of my background in education. I ended up teaching some of these aspects, but only for, you know, commercial aspects, you know, like how we can do business for the rules and regulations. And I was able to build my platform based on me educating people in business aspects and commercial law. And that's kind of like my last four years was until I got the cannabis company, but that particular business that I started up, I was able to on revenue on paper, they have that company has grossed over $5 million. Mm. I just don't saying things to be saying it. I actually have the paper trail in order to back it up as well. And I'm very fortunate and it has, I haven't done it all on my own for sure. And I love to give my honors to do because I have a very good team around me and they have assisted me. And I just like if for anybody who's looking to do any form of commercial activity, whenever you become a CEO, your job is always to be the one who puts the experts in place in order to make sure that the business goes the way it needs to go. And that's what I'm really good at is, you know, connecting those dots and having the vision. So um, that's kind of what got me here in what, like 2018, I inherited a federal research and development cannabis company from an elder out of Jersey, out of Lenape Hopia. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> And then um, even with Hakeem, that's how he was introduced to me through my elder in the cannabis company because he held an exemption and he was able to see particular remedy with that cannabis exemption as well. And he also yeah. the rights of indigenous people with that setting exemption. So when I came in place with my um, precedence as it pertains to my bloodline on the indigenous side, I am through the Lenape side on my mother's mother's side, we are... Um, Hollis Dobson's um, to Pennington's, and then right into the Pennington's, we are descendants of Chief Kill, but Chief White Eyes and King Tammany. So direct chief, like the people who gave the United States their first treaty are my grandparents. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. so you right along that line. <laughs> okay, yeah, so, so yeah, so let me ask you this. So um, this is something that you were aware of as you, while you're growing up, or was it something that you kind of made your business or, or came into the awareness of? Well, my family made it a point in order to make sure that we were um, properly educated. Some of my family members are teachers and stuff. So when I was in elementary school, some of my teachers was my aunts and uncles and mm -hmm. like we were in the Boy Scout troop. So my grandfather would take me up to Canada and we would go kick it with our OG boy side. And they would just, but you know, like we're urban Indians, so we not always in headdresses and stuff, but we hear the stories. So I would be around my family, but we wouldn't see that stuff on power and stuff. But when it came to actually being able to provide the evidence in order to move forward, I'm the one who did that due diligence in my family, grabbed all those records in order so I could bring it back to them and be like, this is what it is. And you know, honestly, that was like within the last five years. And I felt like it was, I started having children. So I got a one-year-old, I got a 10-year-old. I'm like, if they need to know 
you have to know where you come from so you can kind of have a strong understanding of the direction you need to go in. Sure, I have to give honors to where we come from. We come from a great line. And I just felt like I always knew it resonated in me. I'm like, I'm a little different. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you just you just know something not right. And I just I had that fire under me. And I, it took me almost like two, three years in order to get my genealogy to the point where I was able to get past the Dolls Rose and actually see my, my family pre-colonial. And that even helped me to have an understanding like we've been rocking before these people was here and I have the paper in order to provide that evidence. But yeah, that was something that I really, um, I took the charge on that for my family, especially because I'm the first male in my family for almost 20 years. Okay. So, so now I got to ask you the hard question. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, the divisive question that everybody wants to be like, ah, so how did you come about, um, with the, uh, you know, the Moorish experience and attaching the bay to your, to your Appalachian. Yeah, get put you in the hot seat now. Okay, so I'm from Detroit. Um, my experience through the Moorish Science Temple was not through the YouTube experience because I was um, being educated in commercial law by a particular elder. My, like, Detroit was big in the, in, like, the conscious movement. I don't necessarily want to say, well, like the salt, well, technically it was classified as the sovereign citizen movement in Detroit mm-hmm. with presence in that Detroit, New York, because we had heavy Moorish American presence. And I'm using Moorish American in a very particular term because these are people in some cases who were affiliated with the Moorish Science of America. So I'm saying Moorish American versus more. So people know I'm specifically identified with that body of people. Mm-hmm. So, um, but when you go into the temple, when you go into the temple, they don't talk about any of those things. They don't teach any of those things. So these would be outside temple events where they have in Detroit. It was called the dojo. And my elder was like, it would be people who play for the instance for the line who come through and they'll be you know, learning about these particular processes that actually come from, you know, like Gene Keaton and the old Freeman groups of these people, these Europeans who were really pissed at the United States. So when we when we get it, we start putting our own twist on it. So I'm like. I'm 19. I'm 31 now. I'm 19 coming off into this information. So I, I literally have over 10 years in with that particular information. And okay. they're showing me land patents and everything. Like I had my I had my first UCC on file by the time I was 20 before my first son was even born. And it was I had thankfully I had some very intuitive elders who didn't allow me to get caught up in anything. And part of the information they put me on, I read, did my due diligence. And I was able to, you know, get on board with that. But these were the people who initially introduced me to, you know, like in the word more as it pertains to me, because I I was on to this stuff before hitting colors drop. So it wasn't no commercialism for me. It was like, no, I read the books. This is who you are to show history. But then when I got to the point where, you know, I go to I go rock in the temple and I understand all the science, you know, I got my circle seven. I got my one on ones, my all of this. So. I got my feds like you. You can Google pictures from the Million Man March. You'll see me in my feds out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm my stripes, and that's the reason why I'm allowed to talk things because I've actually been involved. So when I went to Temple Twenty Five, and um, I understood as I grew the difference between the religious side versus the bloodline side, and that's the part that a lot of them have not been able to come in, in contact with because there are some grievances between the American Indian, the indigenous autonomous community versus the Moorish American community, mainly because there are 
that misconnect with the history. Like we have some Moorish Americans who believe that they have a claim on all of North America, but it's mainly because they don't understand how treaty and stuff work in that more in Indian, they made that anonymous language. So my outside of my initial religious introduction, when I got my genealogy in place, I seen where my family was. And I also seen the connection with the Delaware Moors that is not what people make it out to be in me conversation before and I yeah. relation to these people because my family comes from Delaware and they're not and, and but I have dark skinned European bloodline as well and these are also the Berber people as well. I'm directly related to King James on throughout my own bloodline. Dark skinned European technically classified as more. So mm -hmm. in the genealogy aspect I was able to, you know, unblur those lines that a lot of people are having issues with. So I'm fortunate <laughs> and I'm thankful for that. Cause yeah, it saved me a lot of headache and a lot of honesty for real, for real. I didn't get myself in any trouble, but I've seen people misuse these situations and try and make arguments and then get themselves situations they're not prepared to get out of. Okay. So, um, in terms of, so you've had a little, you had, so you've openly had some contention with different Moorish groups. I, I've seen you, uh, <laughs> Possibly, you know, trying to correct some some fallacies. I'm going to just speak a little bit about that. We don't got to get too heavy into it. Yeah. But um, um, as a as an educator myself and an advocate for my people and an actual activist, like I, I be out in the streets doing things for my people. I move my money. Like I make like I lobby with politics and stuff. So I'm really for my people. And I do it on a on a business capacity and a private aspect. Like I don't have to be on social media showing everything I'm doing. But because I am so for my people, when I see people not giving my people the whole story, and I kind of like mainly when I came into my understanding of the origins of Pan Africanism and how this, in one shape, shape or fashion, has directly misdirected our people away from their indigenous, you know, culture because it started to teach us that we were from another landmass when 99% of us are actually from here. There are no boat manifest of us ever being slaves. Or, and some of us actually had indentured service within our own family. You did, I did as well. Mm -hmm. And so just with those misconceptions and people never going back to clean those up, those became some of my grievances. And um, you you love hip hop possibly more than I love hip hop. Like well, I, I, I ain't gonna say that, but yeah, I love hip hop. But like, cause you know, like we got, we got more rap and hip hop are not the same. Like hip hop, you know, like I was fortunate enough to work with you with the KRS one situation and like that's hip hop, you feel me? So mm -hmm. you have an affinity for that because that's your generation's music as well. That's the reason why I say that because that's what you grew up with. I grew up like I listen to Wu and stuff, but you know, by the time I'm coming up, it's like it's really 50 who booming and type stuff, you feel me? Yeah. It's just when we <laughs> I'm trying to say it proper. It's just that we want to make sure that we're being accountable for the information that we're putting out here because of people's affinity or their their love of a particular individual or for man worship. They feel like they can just sweep things under the rug. And I feel like that's right for our people. We're entitled to know the whole story if we gonna, you know, align with something. But that's that's coercing people at one point, you feel me? Okay, so so right now, two thousand uh, June six. 2022 how do you identify yourself oh my nationality is lenape okay. <laughs> right. lenape 
And how how many other nationalities or ethnicities do you have, you know, within your, since you, you know, you've done your genealogy, how many other uh, ethnicities or nationalities do you have within your family genealogy? Okay, I am Lenape, I am Ojibwe, I am Anyawea, and I am also more all by blood. Okay. And this is all through, like, you've done the genealogy, you've seen it. Not like, I'm not one of them type of people who's like, yo, show it to me on paper. You know Sunday, what I mean? Last Sunday, um, I hold um, Sunday service on my discourse and stuff, and I be teaching free classes with my people, and I actually, like, in a private sector, but, like, I show up in my genealogy that way they know I'm not out here capping. Yeah. You know, we got to be careful doing that because it's culture vultures in some aspects. But, yeah. Yeah, I was, I walked them through, and I even showed them because I was teaching about land patents because I'm, I'm big on wealth development and, you know, estate planning. And I want to make sure that we're things for our family that we can pass on to our children. So I'm like, this is how you really get to the land patent aspect of your genealogy, pulling your family records and everything. I showed them from A to Z. I even showed them which one of my grandfathers owned the large portion of Alabama. Okay. All right. So, so right now, like, you know, what's inspiring you in the moment? What's your purpose now? What, what is it you bring into the people? Right now and today, I'm so crypto, blockchain, NFT heavy, and it's not because it's a wave more so. It's mainly because I see the angle for the future development. I see where it will be 30 years out from now, not just, you know, two, three weeks from here. And I'm not looking for a quick back off of the NFT flip. I see the longevity and the business build outs for people within our demographic in order to take over those Johnson Johnsons, those Waltons that go on Walmart and Walgreens and stuff like that. Those become our family names in these particular realms as long as we assert ourselves and rock. Because as long as you establish the business and you put the effort in, you have something to pass on to your children. It's always about providing a product or service. If people have to what's going to make on here. Okay. All right. And, um, just real quick, not to get into no back and forth for anybody on the thing, but no, the, the Moors don't have the first treaty with the United States. Now, um, the first treaty with the United States was actually, it's called the Treaty of Fort Pitt. Happened about 10 years before that out in uh, well, what would be called Pittsburgh, um, Pennsylvania. And it was pr it was even prior to the, um, to the Iroquois, anything with the Iroquois or anything like that. The Treaty of Fort Pitt is what allowed the United States to actually travel through what we call Lenape Hoking. And if you know about the Revolutionary War, much of the Revolutionary War took place in the territory that we call Lenape Hoking. So the Treaty of Fort Pitt allowed what would be the United States to actually utilize that territory, you know what I mean, to um to to win a war for independence. But um so yeah William Penn was um he was before that. But um that wasn't a treaty between the United States. That was a treaty between colonists. The first treaty between the United States is the Treaty of Fort Pitt. It's the difference between the treaty between colonies or colonists and a whole nation. The United States was a nation. So let's get back to the So This brings us up to the conversation I wanted to have with you tonight, right? Which is something that like, I, I don't want to get caught up in just us talking about history and what was done wrong and all these things. You know, I tell people, we in a situation now where everybody's fighting to get home. It's gonna cost bread to get home though. You know what I mean? And when we get home, we are gonna need something, you know what I mean, to maintain that. So, um, 
you're somebody who I I've been looking at, been studying, and I'm saying like, mm, either he either his game, either he nice with it on that front and shit, or he really doing something. You know what I'm saying? I gotta look at it like, uh, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of things happening, and there's a lot of people out here who have promoted that they know how to get money, and they just fronting, they taking pictures, they do taking photo ops, and they painting a picture like they really sitting on something. You know what I mean? So I wanted to talk to you like. Before we even get into this conversation of transgenerational wealth, how do we determine the frauds from the fakes? Um, that's what like how I tell any of my mentees, any of my students, like or any of my peers, trying like make these people show and prove. Like I literally, I do like not to say like I had to completely get it out the mud, but the things as an adult man, that because I am the oldest in my, um, I'm the oldest out of all of the grandchildren. Like I said, I was personal in my family for 20 years. So I like my businesses and things I established on my own. I got my own cars and stuff like that. So make these people show and prove. Like I built my business up and I moved from, you know, like west side of Detroit and owning a house there to move in and living off the water down in Miami because I felt like that would be a more lucrative business opportunity and was because of the type of people I was able to migrate and be around in that particular area. So make these people show and prove. And you now some people, they can show you because some people know how to scam. But like when you understand the financial and the commercial aspect, you can run credit. But credit is king. So it's just about learning these systems and doing them in proper um the proper fashion so that you don't get because gotcha. in line between those actions that's legal and ir illegal that's the reason why you have to understand how you're moving but i always tell people make them show and prove not necessarily nobody not necessarily got to show you no money but provide to me evidence that you can do the things that you're saying that you can do if you talking to me about paperwork stuff show me how it works for you if you're telling me you got show me the car show me the keys and stuff show me how you live and show me your house if you're doing these things one thing I can't say about individuals like Derek Grace, he's showing you instead of just talking to you. So, like, those are models that at least you should hear what the individual is saying. I'm not necessarily telling people, you know, I'm not sponsoring this individual, but people who show and prove, that's a level of evidence that we can stand on, you know? And that really, that separates a lot of that fake stuff because everybody got a platform, everybody got a phone, so, right? And everybody looking for a bag, so anybody can just start saying whatever. We... We really got to be cautious and I'm not into, um, I'm not into guru stuff like that. I tell people all the time, I'm like, I'm not looking to be nobody's savior or anything like that. I'm like, I just got information and I shared. And at this point in my life, I'm fortunate enough to where I share all this information for free because that's not where my focus is as far as me making money. I'm not got you. But I get paid for tech development right now. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, that, that's one thing I've noticed. A lot of people that talk about getting rich, they get their money off teaching other people how to get rich, not actually performing a task that makes them money. You know what I mean? Outside of outside of teaching someone. You know what I mean? So I definitely wanted to have you on here because I saw you with somebody who was actually, you know, doing doing the work and receiving the benefits as a result. Like I said, the first time I met you. You know what I mean? You put some money in my pocket, so I got to respect that. So let's talk to the people. Um, can you talk to the people about what is transgenerational wealth? Yes, most definitely. So um, it's the aspect of being able to pass something on to your heirs or your assignors, whether it be your children, 
um, nieces, nephews, any of your family members. I literally just went up to Michigan to go. Um, I left my will with my mother. I'm only 31. And I met, I got a will and a trust in order to make sure that my children receive everything that I've been working hard over these years for. And also the women who are attached to my family structure, including my sister, my mother, my grandma, and also my spouses. So I'm just making sure that I'm, my foundation is tight because I don't want anything, if anything was to happen to me, um, universe forbid, I don't want things to go into probate or it go into a situation where it's an argument over things that I've worked for. So I'm just going to make it plain. This is my will that I want to be lived out. So I, I literally, I just left those documents with my mother in order to establish my well. So my, my children have, um, silver disbursements and I'm also in the process. One of my partners taught me about this. I don't take people game and I get them honors. <laughs> so, um, bro, he actually established, um, a crypto system they're called DAOs, which is a autonomous, uh, excuse me, a decentralized autonomous organization, and it has a a voting system that where it's pretty much equal. No one person is in control, so he has this established in a trust for his children. So if anything happens to him, a crypto wallet instantly disperses funds to all of his children's wallet. And then if somebody came up and it was a child that um, he he possibly didn't know about, and they provided evidence through DNA that that was actually his child they then will be put into the system and they'll be able to be issued out funds. So mm -hmm. that um, also like the land patent aspect, going back, grabbing those land patents legally, no crazy stuff, and making sure that you update it with your family's name on it, that way that you keep these things in your... Okay. ...these type of things within your family. And um, it's just... You want to be able to, like, the art of passing the book. That's the perfect example. Like, you want to be able to pass it down. Like, my goal right now is I have a one-year-old and a 10 year -old. Okay, I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, my bad. Someone was calling me. Um, I meant to put my phone on focus. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so my goal is really in order to ensure by the time that they're between the ages of 16 and 18 that they already have 750 to 800 credit scores if the credit system is still in place at that particular time. But I'm not going to allow someone's system to dictate my financial future. So I'm also making sure that we have our own currency within our ecosystem. Like I've established my own cryptocurrency and it's asset. So all of the assets that I've been acquiring, such as my land, my silver, even my jewelry and stuff, I can back this off of my cryptocurrency in order to give it value. That way my children can exchange this within our own personal ecosystem. So right. um, could you explain to me when you say you created your own cryptocurrency? Mm -hmm. Just explain explain that to me in, in the simplest form so I can uh, okay. understand that. Best way I can put it is um, all governments have their own their own currency um so to be sovereign you have to you know have a government body have a particular geographical area and also you know have a banking system of currency so with me operating in a tribal capacity in my own family structure um within our own you know like family constitution for our tribal side i make sure we have our own cryptocurrency our economic exchange within our within our household system so if i'm providing services or you know breaking down shares within our company I just send them over crypto tokens. But the way I made this particular token was I 
it's not the simplest things, but they have they watered it down to where people like almost anybody can make a crypto token. But my crypto token had like almost a thousand lines of code attached to it in order to ensure whenever money comes in, a portion goes to marketing, a portion goes to charity, and a portion goes, you know, like back into the wallet. So I made the smart contract and then I deployed it on the Binance smart chain network. So it's attached to the Ethereum coin in some in some facet. But you have the ability, so I can take that same information and I can put it on the Bitcoin blockchain, I can put it on the Ethereum blockchain, and I can also put it on the Solana blockchain. It actually is on the Solana blockchain. So I'm on two different blockchains, so that means technically I have two different liquidity pools. So if I have 10 million in this particular crypto over on Binance, then I have 10 billion over here on Solana, that's functional currency that I can pass out to people and utilize for a bartering system. Now. Mm. If I'm running um, any form of commercial business, I can make this the standard in order for me to only form a currency I accept for any of my services. So you know how you do your documentaries and you also shoot for people. You tell them they got to pay you on your token or they have to they have to transfer. So they have to transfer their fiat into this token for you mm. and they have to pay for it on your website. Those gotcha. are the type of that. Um, and also the tax benefits of doing that and not taking people fiat dollars. That dollar belongs to the United States government. It also has tax taxation attached to it. In the crypto world, you set yourself up right. There is no taxation. And us as American Indians, where the United States Constitution say it, we're not taxed. You just have to make sure that you have your things in order. Now mm. you so you got to figure your way around how to. Yeah, it's like okay, I, I, okay, I'm starting to have and a better understanding of, of what it is. I get some game. I get some game for sure because I'm, I'm I love giving solutions and I'm not no a lot of these things is public record you just people don't know where to look so yeah. when it comes to crypto taxation um you can actually use one of the united states offshore locations and input your money in legally and you will be you'll be taxed less than like let's say like 10 percent it's actually mm. much i just don't want to get an exact number <laughs> i want yeah. people to Due diligence, and that's something that we do say in the crypto world, in the NFT world, um, DYOR, do your own research, because we don't want nobody to get played over here. This is a new emerging technology in any any realm. There's always going to be new scammers and stuff popping up, so always protect yourself for your intellectual property, please. Okay. Okay, so, all right, so you got the crypto going. Um, obviously, we met, you were doing uh, videos, you were uh producing videos financing video shoots what other type of um what other type of businesses you got going on outside so, of the crypto actually is one of my business partners um he just flew in down here in georgia i have a couple research and development contracts for cannabis development and i also am doing some like resort setup in multiple states with this like economic living situations and eco-friendly you know going green so small sustainable homes and like retreats where we're doing yoga martial arts and firearms training i'm third degree black belt I also um I'm okay still, i'm still a world record holder since 2014 have nobody beat my record um oh, wow. and it's what 2014 broke 10 bricks 2.6 seconds i broke 30 and 3.5 bare hand wow and, so how long had you been doing uh practicing that art that discipline um i have my i got my third degree in taekwondo and i have my first degree my first degree in um i'm gonna take shotokan 
and going on eight years now i started as an adult but i was so proficient and i took it so serious like i damn near got my black belt in two years so mm -hmm. and then they stopped where i had to wait almost five years before i could test for my third degree so i just tested for my third degree last year and i'm just now getting my certificate back from japan yeah that, that's something i've noticed amongst uh the um american indian community out here on the east those of us a lot of us are involved in the martial arts you know my chief uh rest in power to my to my chief he's no longer with us um he was a master and uh i believe you know i i can't go through his accolades but he was a well-respected renowned master and um you know i know a lot of brothers who are of indigenous american backgrounds and they have that as a part of the culture so i definitely want to um you know shout you out for that that's something that is definitely i see prevalent in the um in our experience you know what i'm saying so, i feel like it's a rite of passage it's needed within our community because it teaches you men how to be men and also protect themselves and teach the you can pass these skills down to your family because i teach self-defense to women and children like i i teach karate for free in florida just because there's an elder man he's 50 he, and i technically outrank him he's a first degree i'm a third degree and he mm -hmm. beat babies and i'm like yeah i'm like i'm gonna come here and get them together i love seeing them progress and you know and then you never know how that that can save a child's life. They can save a woman's life. So like I'm so for you know like self defense and protecting yourself. Also, being okay, okay, okay. So, um, so yeah, you brought up the, the kids. So from what I understand, you're working on a project, something that you want to uh, empower children with. Can we talk a little bit about that? Most definitely. I went through some um, rebranding. Um, so. Um, my old YouTube was, I told him works. I went through a little Facebook hack and it was for shit things happened for the reason. So I switched it over to one of my other sister companies, which was Trust Fund Baby. And okay. we all just, I told Cyber Tech um, for our, our tech development, but I told Cyber Tech is the one that established the intellectual property for Trust Fund Baby. And Trust Fund Baby is an NFT project that is meant to inspire youth and adults in establishing, you know, transgenerational wealth and understanding financial literacy and also establishing businesses for themselves and families. So when we start talking about scaling the businesses, a lot of people have heard about um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, but the people who actually really get money, those are, the, those are like the face value books for people who are thinking about wealth. The people who actually get money, they read books by like, um, Dr. Edward Thorpe and the movie 21 was made about him. He was an MIT professor. He actually had an algorithm on how to beat the roulette table. He actually mm. learned cars so well, he was whooping them in blackjack and they actually took him in the back and they almost killed that man. That's exactly the person they made the movie 21 about. And when you read his book about um, how to beat the dealer and also how to beat the market, he has a couple books. I recommend y'all do look into that just because we're dealing in a crypto is a market. So you want, and then his new book is called a man of all markets. So he's clearly scaling up into these integrations and he's a brilliant man. And regardless of complexion, like I give honors where it's due. Like if you got a brilliant brain, you got a brilliant brain. Melanin is in people's brain. <laughs> so, yeah, and fam, he was given a lot of game in that particular information. So understanding risk management when it comes to these types of investments and stuff, and just the ratios of how you move. Those are the type of things that we're telling people to be aware of. Risk management for businesses, um, when you establish a family office, a family office for anyone who doesn't know, it is 
Um, there's company like BlackRock and Citadel. These are how they stay in a certain taxation. Now, some people have heard about BlackRock. They pretty much control almost 70% of the GDP. And they pretty much control the stock market. Larry Fink, got, he has enough money in order to short Warren Buffett on stock. That mm. means, in plain language, Larry Fink makes Warren Buffett almost look broke in some ways. And that's wow. that's fresh, yeah. And yeah, that's insane. Yeah, fam. Like, they don't even tell real network online because it's so alarming to people. And he was the first person to ever gig in China for a financial institution. But understanding the way that these people move, because in order for you to be successful as it pertains to the commercial realm, you have to follow the patterns of success. It's just that these people, some of these people are private, so their successful patterns aren't out in the public. So yeah. I follow some of these processes, but still in a protected capacity. That way we're not um, disrupting any trade secrets or anything. That way nobody's violated but making sure that our people understand how to establish a family office doing equitable deals with other businesses so you know i got all these companies i, I honestly have almost 20 plus businesses that are functioning ein numbers bank accounts all of that stuff they all do different things i have to because i have jvs with other people and stuff like that so i can share business here with this opportunity this business here with this person and then they can do the same with me but they have to have a business so now we're doing cross equity deals and then also putting people in a position where they understand PG farms and things like that. Personal guarantee, you have family members in your family office, you bring everybody to the table, you have a conversation, like this is part of what we gonna do is we gonna grab this land or we gonna grab this house together. What we gonna do is we gonna make sure everybody has 50 to an 800. And then we're gonna go to this institution, this institution, you gonna take down, you gonna request 50 to 100, I'm gonna request 50 to 100, 50 to 100. You're well, over the threshold of what it is you need. You just make sure you put the money in the place where it needs to go. And then I also recommend people looking to, insurance is a scam, but when you learn how to leverage it, you just create the asset that you can live off of. And I know some people have heard um, the Waka Flocka interview when he actually was talking about, what was it, um, infinite banking. In the financial realm, that's not what we call that. So you have to have a particular um, whole life policy now, if you're a part of my family office and if you passing can put me any form of jeopardy or, you know, disrupting my commercial activity, I can get a particular insurance in order to warn you without you even having to sign. I can get this particular same type of insurance that they put on rappers. I can get all my family members same type of insurance they put on rappers because I just gave you a house. I just gave you a chain. I just gave you a car. And then you get into some street beef and then you end up way. How am I supposed to recoup my funds through insurance? Right. So we do these same things on our family. I just told my grandma and everybody, I'm like, we cross policy everybody. Like, y'all older, I'm younger. You never know what may happen. Y'all get policies on me. I get policies on y'all. And then it all goes back into the family. So we're building up this pot that we always can pull from and fund our own businesses from always throughout life. This is the same exact model of how the Rockefellers live, Johnson Johnson, how the Waltons live. And nobody necessarily taught me this. I just actually came to this on my own understanding. And my CFO, he was like, I've read that before. And it was in the, what would the Rockefellers book do? And it's just like, when you learn, you were like, this is, this makes sense. And that's how it kind of got pieced together for me. And those are the models and the things that I, the utilities that I have associated with Trust Fund Baby NFT on top of private, private events. I'm not talking about my parties. I'm talking about more so think tank sit downs with dinners, you know, real official things. I want, I'm a real bourgeois individual. I, I, I feel like my people should feel 
more highly about themselves and we can conduct ourselves on such a high accord. And I don't feel like there's anything wrong with being like, especially when you know your history. You know, I've been labeled the bougie Indian. You know what I mean? Like they hit me with that, so I, I guess I should accept that a little bit, and uh, and, and rock with it. You know what I mean? I'm the bougie. I'm not the urban Indian. I'm the bougie Indian. You know what I mean? But but I, I definitely um. So what I thought was important is that um. So something that was shared with me recently, right? I was told that. We in the new way, right? There's the old way, there's the, there's the tradition. And I can speak to it because I'm learning about it. You know what I mean? I'm learning about the grievances that people are having with us as we make these claims of who we are, tracing our genealogy, identifying our ancestors, and then relating to those ancestors. You know what I'm saying? Um, Which people you're um, Well, you know, there's contentions between different groups of Native Americans, all right? Okay. So you have those who were able to retain the culture and the traditions, you know what I'm saying, made agreements, you know what I mean? Then there's those of us who are coming back into our understanding and trying to reestablish our cultures, you know what I mean? But in the process, certain things were able, were people were able to maintain aspects of their life. They also lost aspects of, a life, of their life, just like us. So now when we talk about getting back into our culture, you know, we want to learn obviously who we starts with learning who you are. You know what I mean? Then it goes on to like, you know, traditions and cultures, you know, learning your language, you know, learning customs, ceremony, you know what I'm saying? And there's also the aspect of, as they say, land back, you know what I mean? But when we talk about land back, the land never left, but the land provided resources for us, right? To sustain ourselves. Well, it's 2022, you know what I mean? We hunters and gatherers, but we not in the forest. We not in the trees. We not, you know, we not hunting, hunting and gathering in that aspect. Now the hunting and the gathering is a cyber type thing. It's an online thing. It's a, you know what I mean? We not We don't have to physically be out there. You know what I'm saying? Doing the hunting and gathering. So that part of that culture has has morphed into something else, right? So the same way we need to be doing our genealogy and learning about ourselves and then implementing the things we learn, we also need to be handling our the resources and our finances, right? And And the things you're talking about, the things you're doing are a part of that. And guess what? It's the new way. It's not the old way, you know what I'm saying? The old way would be the farming, you know what I mean? And uh, get our land back and we're gonna build our wealth because we planting crops and all that. Yeah, that's that needs to be done too. But yes. the new way of getting this, getting to the bag can bring back the old way. Like that's how you're gonna have to bring back the old way because these people are not gonna give us things that we feel like we deserve or we want you know what i mean so we're gonna have to earn it and then take it because the united states is a corporation and if you can afford it you can have it you know yeah. what i mean gotta have the bag first to even come to the table this is very similar <laughs> we had at clubhouse today man i swear because i told him i was like y'all don't understand the game you here playing 
I'm like, you all were given tokens. Like, this is Monopoly at its finest, fam. You were given tokens in order for you to move around the board here on this particular jurisdiction. So you have the board, the board is the United States. They give you your tools so you get your hat, your horse, or whatever, your little silver piece. And for us over here, it's a birth certificate and a social security card. These are your tools that you're given in order for you to conduct commerce. So when we are, um, when we're dealing in this commercial hamster wheel, our main goal is usually for us to try to uh, like keep as much money as we can and usually stay out of jail. And then if you can make it around without going to jail, you usually start trying to acquire real estate. And you know, you have to work up from the small houses to the bigger houses to the commercial ones. This is the exact model for our commercial situation. So that is, that's transitioning over into the crypto aspect. And we were talking about the first in line, first in time. But even back to the monopoly, there's two sides to that. Either you're going to be the individual running the board or you're going to be the banker. The banker gets to make all the decisions. So like you have to come to the table with a bag. And the only way you're going to get that is either there. I just told them earlier, is, there is like no quick money. It, quick mm -hmm. money leaves fast. And that's that's just as bad as you never having it. So and or either you scam and then that's that's no good anyway, because it, it really has no foundation behind it. So when you assert yourself in these capacities, make sure that you have a business associated with it. Like even on the NFT side, like establishing um, an NFT for you, like I said, for your business, there's point of sale systems like Clover and Square that you can use an NFT token gate. You can discount people for stuff like 20% off, allow them to come into your business locations, get free merch and stuff. So if we don't step up into this we will be behind i actually just dropped a link in the chat it's called freecodecamp.org you can learn how to code for completely free fam and you can get certifications and if you look up the price and points for how much people who deal in this type of development like i'm literally in line for seven figure contracts through government contracts as well and so in what is 300 hours 300 hours equates out to three month 3.75 months so probably like three months and three weeks you'll be able to have the certification and you'll be eligible for like just for the contract alone, 600,000, 400,000. In some cases for cybersecurity contracts, for government contracts, there's some of one of them was 4 million that we just seen the other day. And you will be certified so you can take these contracts through that free there, like through that free codecamp.org. So that's a like that's a solution. And that's also a way in order to make sure that you don't get left behind in this particular transition. But I don't want people to do is get caught up into that digital real estate game. So, like, I actually know the people who bought the land next door to Snoop and Sandbox. I met them at Art Basel down in Miami. Super cool people. Europeans, very well established in the music industry, you know, working for high-end corporations. I ain't going to put that business out. And it was cool. They actually, they got me on a yacht down at um, LL Cool J, Rock the Bells. Yeah, it was me and, um, you met Tariq, bro. It was me and Tariq. We was up mm -hmm. there. And yeah, we was kicking out a good time, super cool. And they told me, it was like, yeah, we just whoop, whoop, whoop. And they said they paid the 500K to grab some zeros and ones next to somebody that they never gonna meet in the digital world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, I could say that they'll never meet Snoop. They really, they really well connected. They yeah. probably already know. <laughs> but um, yeah, but for an average person, no, you won't, you won't. And you have the same ability in order to create those zeros and ones yourself, create your, I have my own metaverse in development right now. I have my own zeros and ones I made that I can, you know, monetize. And then we were even talking about the aspect of creating a digital mirror world of where you already reside and controlling your land in the digital world and in the physical world. Because it's 
first in line, first in time. First person on the blockchain to control that data is the one who controls that data. So if you don't step up and start controlling your own intellectual property, of course the United States government is going to do it. And then you're going to be in the same exact position that you've been in that we've been working to get out of for so long. So either we can educate ourselves, like my own partner say, hashtag learn the code, or we can look up and be pissed off another hundred years down the line complaining about the same old stuff. But it's probably it's possible works because we're in we're the World Economic Forum. They said they're issuing out one single wallet system that they want us all to be on. So we're for sure gonna be moving away from the fiat dollar in the near future. And with that being said, a lot of things are going to change and they're supposed to be issuing out a credit system. So unless you got a business or anything, this is that's not gonna be no different than getting food stamps monthly. Mm. And that's gonna be for that's gonna be the standard for almost everybody. So we're going to have to make some opportunities and avenues for ourselves in order to scale past the box that they're about to put us in. Because if, I, if I'm providing your funding, if I'm giving you a check, I'm also telling you how much money you're making. Like, if I know how much it's going to cost you for all your bills and your living expenses, and I'm giving you just enough in order for you to get by, how are you ever supposed to come up? Yeah. It's not gonna happen. That's the reason why we have to take advantages of these these open doors right now, and you know, get educated in blockchain technology, cryptography. Blockchain technology has been around since like mm, I'd probably say like the fifties. Is no, it's not new. And smart contracts with cryptography, the same things that they attach to NFTs, they've been around since the eighties. Most people started seeing NFTs pop off like two thousand seventeen, and like when we see like well back in 14 17 crypto punks and stuff popping off and now we're getting a really big boom because there's money laundering attached to it because we see people paying like 94 million dollars for a white wall and art is a tax haven within itself but nfts will be on artwork though so artists can you just can we just i want to normalize it mm -hmm. can you just explain the nft to me just from the base level to start me off about the beginning no, that's exactly what I was about to do because it goes beyond, um, like I said, NFTs go beyond artwork. So a non-fungible token, that's what NFT stands for, meaning that it's something that can't be traded, um, excuse me, it's something that can't be recreated, but it can be traded and passed passed on to another individual. So I create a token like a cell phone and I say, this is, this is going to be the instrument that we use in order to barter with but I attach some utility to it. So I'm like, when you hold this particular instrument, you have access to me personally, and you can come through these particular doorways and you can, you know, you can come eat for free because you have this particular thing. That's, it's nothing more than a token or an instrument for a bartering system. Mm -hmm. And then it, it can be copied. If it's, that's a fungible token, those can be copied or it can be a non-fungible token, which can't be copied. And that it makes it unique in its own capacity. You said fundable, fungible, F-U-N-G, fungible. Okay. Yeah. And that means can't be copied. Well, non-fungible means it can't be copied. Fungible can be copied. Okay. So fungible more or less means copied. Mm -hmm. Okay. So really, the the big craze, big wave that people are all tied up in. It's very simple. It's just it has the level of code behind it. But like I said, it goes well beyond just making some artwork and then just throwing it up on OpenSea and thinking you're gonna make a million dollars. Is unfortunately there is no real black NFT community. Like mm -hmm. most of the people dealing with in these communities are 
it's regular European people who are involved. So there's a need, especially with us being a larger consumer base, we need to become the creator base over here and actually link up with one another and have these communications in this realm. I don't mind educating people in this stuff. I actually need people to be aware of what's going on so we don't be last at the table once again. So mm -hmm. you know, like my channel always open and I always let people ask some type of questions even on the on our discord last week i had sent out some non-competition non-disclosure agreements because i told them that we want to have an nft workshop but i didn't want anybody pitching their ideas without that document being in place so i don't know i don't want nobody getting robbed on my time because that is intellectual property but i'm like i can't help y'all you know push and build y'all projects out but and i also want people who do business this period to understand that standard because everybody don't have good intentions and that's something i teach everybody when you're doing anything, because it's a lot of young brothers and sisters out here who are trying to get their stuff in order, make sure you give people a non-competition, non-disclosure, or it's just an agreement stating that they can't take your property and run off with it and, you know, put you in a bad situation. Those are common business standards. And usually when people refuse to do that, they usually have bad intentions. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not saying, you know, dealing with all of the, the music stuff that you deal with, what it's like dealing with intellectual property. Mm -hmm. But... And like NFTs soon, like they working on making NFTs, Rolexes, houses have been sold of NFTs. That's why I'm saying it goes well beyond artwork. Um, cars are NFTs. Like I'm selling, I'm selling digital office space as NFTs. <laughs> like mm. I got made, like I literally just met somebody. I'm down here in Atlanta. I went to Tassili's event yesterday and I met a young brother. He has a NFT album. He's not the only person who Tory Lanez dropped an NFT album. He made over a million dollars super quick. Yeah, I saw I saw a clip of him and he was talking about how when he was giving them away or he was selling his NFTs for a dollar. And now mm -hmm. some of those NFTs are worth $60,000. And I'm, bro, I'm still trying to understand what the, like you just said all that to me and I'm like, I still don't get what the fuck is going on, bro. Like I'm seeing, I'm seeing a watermark on videos and on pictures and somehow i'm like it's money attached to this it, it's what's going on like i'm still like i'm out here hunting and gathering bro but i'm missing i got that bow cock but i'm missing you know what i'm saying like hey, well let, let me line you up let me line you up bro so <laughs> all right so the way tory is there's called smart contracts like how i mentioned earlier so how i um some people that seen the trust fund baby artwork, let's say if you buy one of the trust fund babies from me, at, it's on Solana. So let's say at two sold for around $100 right now. So you pay $100 for one of the babies. I, so we usually go by the rule of three. You should buy three babies. I hope y'all paying attention to this. So if you're dealing with NFTs, the rule of three will help make you really wealthy. Um, you acquire three of the same project at the lowest cost that you potentially can. And then this is how you also control raising people's what they call floor price. So whenever you go onto like OpenSea and you see the floor number, that's pretty much the number across the board for how much this project costs, like on average. So um, let's say my floor price is starting out at zero when I'm because everybody's floor price starts at zero. I'm about to show you how you raise your floor price in order to acquire this type of money. So I give, I actually did this. I, I whitelisted 33 people for my trust fund baby project. And that's all I did. So I'm only pre-selling 100 and everybody has the ability to grab three NFTs. So when the pre when we open up for our pre-sale, they can take their NFTs and they can resell them. I tell them they, they should stage it out in two phases. 
the first one on the pre-sale, they can take the ones that they have and then they can release them to the public whenever we open up for the whole collection. Hold so, on. Am I in on this? Yeah, bro. Oh, okay, okay. All right. okay, go on. Go on, go on. Okay, go on. We good. All right. That's why I'm like, I'm trying to get you on board. Okay, cut. Okay, we good now. You can continue. So yeah, we um we give them the three. So when we um when we drop the floor price, we said we gonna um release the initial collection for like um two sold around a hundred dollars, right? Mm -hmm. And let's say a thousand people buy ten ten um a thousand people buy out of the ten thousand collection. So now a thousand babies are gone. That just increased the floor price, right? And then you still are holding two more NFTs. So the floor, the floor price went up. That means the NFTs you holding, the value just went up on those. So now technically, mm. and now I didn't even get into the, the resale part. You still can sell again, which will increase the floor price. And then you're holding, in some cases, this is how some people have ended up holding like six figure NFTs. My partner, he got a crypto pump. That's over 100K. Just mm. a profile picture, bro. It's stupid. And mm. so I bored apes floor prices so hard, so high, but also these people like they, they use their collective. I was talking about the family office and how to use their family energy. They take one of the homies and then they drop a lot of money into the project in order to raise the floor price as well. So it's, it's a little bit of back end business leveraging in this as well, for sure. But it's, um, it's a great play though, but that, that rule of three will make you very wealthy in the NFT realm absolutely okay all right so yeah um yeah that's like i said as i firmly believe like that's a part of the new way you know what i'm saying and we trying to get back to our old way but it's gonna cost a bag to get into that and um you know it's it's so you're familiar with um i'm not telling other people's stories um i don't want to cut your wisdom real quick bro but nfts is one of the easiest ways to crowdfund mm, okay so raise a bag like make a project and put it out to the public and really see who supports you in your community all right bro listen we definitely gonna talk we gonna we gonna talk about some things <laughs> all off the you know this this gonna be a private conversation um but yeah so what i was saying was that um at one point in time um lewis farrakhan was working with the lakota nation right okay. you're familiar you're familiar with the story uh with the sister Yanazda, you know, she's a part of that legacy. I just seen I just seen yesterday down here. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Excuse me to her. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, Hakeem right in the middle, of all that. You know what I mean? He, he's he's somebody that probably doesn't get the credit he should for the contribution he's made to he's American hip hop culture and what it all encompasses. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even a 24 hours of peace event, like he for sure need a lot of love for that, bro. Especially yeah, yeah. absolutely. 24 hours of peace is a is an incredible event. I'm honored to be a part of it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, Hawk's a good man, yo. A lot of people doing a lot of good things in Leonard Pahokin, yo. I try to have my hand in on as much as I can. But um, so Farrakhan was working with Lakota Nation and um who was it? the African leader, he was trying to bring them together. He's trying to bring three aspects, like he's bringing indigenous communities together, the Muslims, the hip hop world was involved, you know what I mean? And um, something that was spoke about in that conversation was saying how those of us who are out here 
scrambling and fighting and we still in the world, we in the cities. One thing that we know how to do, we know how to get money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We we know how to we might not know how to spend it or invest it, but we know how to get it. You know what I'm saying? And something about a lot of the the so-called tribes out west that have been uh you know on reservations and things, they might not know how to get it the way we can. You know what I mean? So there can be a cultural exchange. We can show them some of our urban ways and they can share some of the traditional ways. You know what I mean? And this could be said, cause it doesn't just have to be said for those out West or in the Midwest. Anybody who's moving in a, in a traditional way can learn things from those of us moving in the urban way. You know what I mean? And vice versa. And when these two come together and there's not the contention of this or that, you know what I mean? We're all gonna be able to grow, you know what I mean? So I think it's important that those of us who are urban Indians, who are who are back on the red road trying to walk ourselves home, you know what I mean? We gotta have a source of income that's gonna be independent of what is already set up for us in terms of how the United States government works, in terms of just going and getting a job or the conventional ways of trying to build wealth because we're so we're so far behind you know what i mean we we gotta you, you, get, you get what i'm saying though that's, i'm like I'm, that's what i'm like i'm always about the solutions you talk in my language it's like yeah get to a bag like yeah, you, know, like, you gotta get to that bag absolutely yeah, like us bro i don't know if people pay attention to bloomberg or the news i don't know if these people drive around i barely drive I'm just, like uh, sometimes i get drove around <laughs> so like i don't often pay attention to gas prices but i seen today that oh my and i just spent a hundred dollars <laughs> bro i just spent a hundred dollars filling the tank bro a hundred dollars it's in the garage i've been driving a volkswagen bro that shit fill up on forty dollars Ben was a hundred dollars <laughs> Over a hundred, it's really like a hundred and thirty. Man, trip for the trip to to Michigan and back. Yeah, you was on the road. Yeah, we was yeah. on the road, bro. Yeah, and bro. I want to talk. I want to talk about that a little bit later, since you're from that area. I definitely want to talk about some things that I encountered and saw while I was up there. I think yeah, important. and that is that is you know that's our land. Like even on the um shit, the Wayne County Seal, they out of European and an American Indian over Michigan territory. Um, mm -hmm. And stuff, yeah, yeah. That's I'm fortunate to be from that particular area, and I always had to realize I was always on the east coast my whole life, and I never realized why I was really able to go from over there because I was only meant to be on that side. And you know, like, mm -hmm. getting over here, everything is truly divine, and however it happens. And um, on a solution aspect, outside of the NFT projects, um. I can't patronize you if you don't have a business. So that's why I said earlier, you have to have a product or service. Now, within my organization, we have a 10-10 algorithm. It's, people can apply this shit themselves. It's free game. Um, we take the top 10 businesses that you like slash love, that you believe that you would potentially want to get into. And then we also see what these top 10 businesses are paying out and like how beneficial they are in this particular time in the world for you to be in especially with us going into this said recession depression so i'll take the companies and then out the top three 
with managing, we'll see what's the easiest for you to get in without, you know, like any real finances coming out your pocket. I've been able to help people establish businesses, full out registered businesses for less than a hundred dollars. And then you actually, and then I'll tell them, I'll walk them through the website, build out a landing page, whatever. It's just being able to start is the, the biggest thing and keep going. Because even though I may be, I may have my own businesses. I don't clock in for nobody. Nobody's going to wake me up every day and push my brand market for me and do these other things unless I have the financial backing in order to, you know, pay these people. And that takes time and scaling. So you have to put energy into it. You get in what you, you know, what, what you get out, what you put in more so. And mm -hmm. looking, you're not going to receive. Some people are fine being consumers. I'm a creator and I want to deal with more people who, who operate in that aspect because I need businesses that I can share equity with, you know, like mm -hmm. I want to come invest in Turtle Gang Edutainment and I want you to be able to come invest in growing farms, you know, Atum, Cybertech, Trust Fund Baby, all of these particular aspects, because when we share equity like that, now my business is your business, your business is my business and I'm going to push your brand just like it's mine. And now mm -hmm. as a problem cross marketing, because like I'm getting benefits from it at this point, it's taking yeah. care of my family or your family. It's hard to do that if people don't have businesses. So until mm. we actually start doing commerce, like people was talking about all the UCC processes and everything, but nobody was actually doing the commerce. They were trying to get free money from a system that was not set up for those things to happen in that capacity. But when let's we talk get about to that, that. <laughs> let's, let's just like, we're going to deviate. We still want to deal with the solutions. But let's talk about that because that's something that definitely plagued a lot of a lot of people. And you know, there's always gonna be new people coming into things and thinking they're about to get to that bag. Like I'm in Clubhouse today, still telling people about these goofy ass processes. Talk like and I don't mean no disrespect for anybody who caught in this, and that's not to say that I'll just be very specific because I don't want nobody to get the wrong idea of what I'm saying. The Uniform Commercial Code stand is that's for the rules and regulations for conducting commercial activity. When you file a UCC one finance statement, that is in most cases utilized for a public record claim, an agricultural lien, a real estate claim. And these are not, it wasn't established for you to try and capture assisted Q trust birth certificate and then try and go claim the Houston. I can show my damn Houston. I know how much money is attached to that particular negotiable instrument. But I also know that the SEC and the DTC have some rules that are in place that will never allow me to be the trustee over that. So I wouldn't be able to move the money in the capacity that I believe that I, because of what I've been told on YouTube. So that puts me down a rabbit hole and I usually end up wasting years chasing some money when I could have just made a damn NFT project and made more money than the damn birth certificate was worth in a hole. You're mm -hmm. fucking. Mm -hmm. So, so that's so that's not nothing that's remotely accurate. That's not a bag it, that's available. I, I don't want to say that because I don't. I would be lying. I would be lying then because I know better. It the aspects of there's a sister Q trust established and the United States is moving off of your energy. That is true. Now, do you have the ability to utilize or capture these things? You can make a claim on the business itself, its likeness, on what we call the straw or the illegus. Yes, you can you can control that. And somebody uses that name and an entity or the entity and an aspect you don't care for it. You can, if you have a copyright trademark in place, you can then go through the administrative process and get remedy. So you the 
it's all about the rules and regulations for commerce. It's not about getting free money. So it all mm -hmm. goes, you got to do a business. And we start talking about trust and wills and estate planning. The only way in order for you to have some true freedom on this land is for you to be in an Article 3 situation, which we talk about Article 3 United States Constitution. That's an equitable court. Those are usually the Supreme Courts and stuff. So these are, they deal with land, probate, and estate. When you plan around the United States system, they don't care. They know most of you all don't know what you're talking about. And my biggest thing is like, as long as you can get to the same endpoint, why would we play the hard game? Like we don't have to work hard in order to come up, but we've been given these Disney, um, these Disneyland stories are <laughs> these farce tales about it's just a bag sitting out here for you that you never went and worked for or established. And to me, that shit is just crazy because when in history have people just ever just been given that type of money like all the way across and I'm you are you think we really that special and you think that this broke insolvent country can really afford in order to do that on that scale so people have to stop I don't want to just like put nobody down but you got to stop feeling so important or just like the United States is really that special like we're as a world economic forum we are pretty much on the same level and a lot of people are chattel property and that's how these governments are able to keep on ruling. So there is truth. Like when you talk about the Black's Law Dictionary, we talk about status and nationality. But these are all separate things that people have blended together. Because mm. status, political social status, is technically separate from your nationality. But your nationality can affect your political social status. Mm -hmm. You have people mixing this up with the UCC1 filing in order to make public record claims. And now... We also have people misutilizing the UCC, putting liens on judges and stuff, getting in trouble, going to jail. When if you're doing business, you know, you can make a damn hard trade line for your business from business to business or even from person to person or from person to business. And I can say between um, Atom Cybertech and Turtle Game Entertainment, I loaned you a million dollars just on paper and then we can report this to the credit bureaus and then you have a million dollar credit line showing up on your credit and then you can go to an institution and it'll be it'll, it'll be trusted enough in order for them to fund you close to a million if not more because you've already i've showed the evidence of you doing this through the ucc1 filings we do the loan agreement and then we report it with the ucc3 every month until we terminate the contract and then you just provide this to the credit bureaus and then they're going to create the trade lines on your report mm. you're better off doing that than trying to play around with this other stuff so as a as a so I could build my credit through my company by doing trade or, or doing commerce with my peers. Yes. Through the UCC and then utilize that to build my credit to go out there and now go fuck with them. Yes. Financial yeah. just take uniform commercial code instruments in order to show what your collateral is. Mm. And the universal the, the uniform commercial code provides for that. So as, as I stated before, like, you know, in a crude way, you know, not as elegantly as you just put it, United States is about commerce. And if you can do the commerce, they're going to fuck with you. They're going to recognize you if you're doing commerce. You know what I mean? You Because it's not personal. It's about making money. Yeah. And more doors are opened up when you show up with a business versus your damn hands out. Because I have a... 
I have a contract with a whole government for me to come do it hemp. And like, this is a beautiful place off the Atlantic Ocean. Like, we actually got a, a, a property that's walking distance from the beach over there, fam. I did all this shit through paperwork, no fraud, no scams. And it was like, I made the MOU myself. I presented it to the department, well, excuse me, to the Prime Minister of Agriculture that was like, was really filling the information. I was just having a conversation with one of my partners and, um, and Game Face Growing Farms about the cannabis initiative that we plan on rolling out down here in Georgia because of the way that their legal system is working. Like, I'm, I'm doing grown man political moves because this is how shit is, this is how you really make change for your people. You have to learn how to pull these puppet strings and it takes money. So I'm literally, I'm leveraging funds that I'm bringing in from the cannabis company or from me teaching people and stuff like this. And I'm rolling it over into community initiatives for long-term business models. Because once that door opens up, all of our partners and all of these melanated cannabis companies that are out here, they're going to be the first people to get locked in. So hell yeah, that's something worth investing in. Mm. But Absolutely. all business, bro, is they only respect the businesses. Like mm. you go go to a government as a person, and what you gonna say? Like I want to do this, this, and this. They're gonna be like, "What? Where's your bank account? Where's your EINs? Like where's your documentation?" Because mm. business, business, that's a law. Yeah, it's about business. And a lot of a lot of our people have been caught as being instruments of business. They've been they've been the commodity as opposed to being the uh you know initiators of the business and that's where that's the hump we've got to get over and the technology and the opportunities that are presenting themselves today i mean in this day and age are going to free us quicker than rallying and demanding some type of you know returns on investments that we feel like we haven't been given you know what i mean that's not to say we shouldn't still be pursuing that but at the same time we pursuing that, we need to be still securing our own bag. You know what I mean? We need to still be doing things that's gonna uh, provide generational wealth, you know, transgenerational wealth. And the, even the term transgenerational wealth, it speaks to the seventh generation principle. You know what I mean? It's what you do today is for the generation, seven, you know, seven generations down. You know what I mean? You should be always thinking about your future generations and every move you make. You know what I mean? And um, I definitely see that connection in this transgenerational wealth conversation. You know what I mean? It's the modern conversation that people need to be having. You know what I mean? We not we fighting over land, yeah, but really it's fighting over intellectual property. And, you know, the resources aren't just in the land no more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this is this is probably the best resource that and this is never to discredit, you know, um, Turtle Island, where we come from, or the Earth, period. But this is a man, as a man, think if you are, this creates, like, this creates babies, this creates buildings, worlds, metaverses, all this is, this is it. Mm-hmm. So, everything you need sitting on your shoulders. And I'm a walking example of just multi- multiplying and manifesting things that I just think about. Mm-hmm. And um, you had made a statement earlier um, about, you know, the financial aspect. And I would be a terrible partner if I did not shout out um, my my CTO, my chief tech officer, um, Jaron, my brother. Um, he made an NFT project called The Life of a Negro. Very provocative artwork. 
um, is under, you can look up T-Lone, T-L-O-A-N.io, and you can see the artwork. He's verified on Solana, which is not easy to do. He is a developer. He's been developing over three years. And he's, he's my elder, and he gives me he gives me great advice. And I always tell people, even when I was younger, get you some mentors, yo. I still have, I have multiple mentors. I got virtual mentors. You are one of my mentors. Like, people may not know, but when I, when we actually do get, get time away from work and we get to get on the phone, you educate me a lot. And I have no problem saying that at all. And um, it's just understanding, like when it comes to the T-Long project, the Life of a Negro project, he was friends with Q from Worldstar. Like, well, excuse me, him and Q actually, they were able to make graces and they, they were able to, you know, like become close to some extent. And he had established Worldstar, you know, Q passed for anybody who didn't know. So that's the reason why we haven't been seeing Worldstar ran in the capacity that it has been. But um, this brother, Jaron, he made technically what we um, consider like a reparations NFT project. So through the life of a Negro and the aspect in which we are depicted and through the way he says European um, homogeny and through the European gay. So pretty much how the other culture look at us or how they see us, that's what this artwork is projecting. So just mm -hmm. for clarity, actually they'll see it. For anybody, let's I'll use, I have the, he gave me one of his, one of his NFTs. It's called um, Still Nigga Coffee, like as it pertains to Starbucks. And it looks like a Starbucks as a green and white and it has one of the melanated women with the large lips with the hair wrap on it. And it's green and white. Great artwork, though. Mm -hmm. it's very and that is in order to attribute to the situation that happened with those two young melanated men who got arrested in Starbucks. So what he came up with was a whole AR game where at that, at this particular Starbucks, I'm using it as an example, somebody recorded that incident and people seen it so if nfts was booming at this particular time we would have dropped the project we would have had somebody go over there and verify well, we would have dropped tokens at this location so when people go over there and verify what happened they'll be able to get um in a excuse me crypto tokens airdrop into their wallet mm. but all the people who were done wrong because this particular video is going to be posted on the platform now this is going to make this Starbucks location look bad because of how they treated people. We ourselves as a community would know like they treat us like this here. And in order for them to get this down offline, they actually have to pay for it. And when they pay for that, the funding, a portion of a large portion of that from the liquidity pool goes to the individuals that was done unjustly. But we also end up blackballing these people's businesses. This is already made, built out as a game established to it and everything with our mm. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. That's empowering. I mean, so so as you as you as you're describing that image, right? You know, I'm old. I'm old, right? I'm still, you know, I gotta fight my way out the old ways. I'm like, oh, that's a dope T-shirt. You know what I'm saying? But the NFT, the NFT thing, that's the old paradigm, right? You gonna print a million T-shirts? No, you can make this one design, and you can attach. A, a movement behind it and it could be monetized it can create wealth on levels that selling a bunch of t-shirts could never even approach you know what i mean and so this is what i say when i'm talking about the new ways you know what i mean we're, we're moving from the new ways of hunting and gathering 
you know what I mean, and developing our, our new ways to empower ourselves. So this is just another thing. Like, I, I love the conversation. I, lo I love what I'm hearing in terms of opportunities. You know what I mean? Like, we have to create our own opportunities. Waiting for people to create them for us is not going to happen. So we got to embrace the technology and really move forward and empower ourselves. So definitely enjoying the conversation. So please continue. No, most definitely not. Like, I appreciate the bill. And you know how it'd be before you had these interviews, you'd be like, you know, like, what are we going to talk about? It's it's never like that level of nervousness, but it's, it's, it's almost like I'm an ordained minister too, bro. I'm a lot of things. Like when we was talking about different mm -hmm. things, I'm I'm third generation Mason. I'm third degree black. I'm in karate. I'm in E5. I got tribal affiliations. I, I, I'm an eclectic. Um, I'm also a Sagittarius, so I'm into occultism and stuff. Like I'm a nerd, so I'm not a speculative individual. I'm gonna go get involved in it that way I actually know what's going on. That way I'm not on the outside in talking shit and like a lot of people. So mm -hmm. whenever talking about a particular system or setting, I usually have some some skin in that game because like I bounce around like that. And like it's, I just call that big brain energy. All right. So I got to put you back in the hot seat since you said it. You know what I mean? I can't let it go without, because I what I don't want is people to attach their own narrative to your story. What? He said he was a third generation Mason. Oh shit. And then they're going to attach their story or how they perceive it. So can you explain that to us and the benefits and like what it really is? Okay. I was the youngest to ever be initiated in a joint degree in the state of Michigan at um, the Masonic Temple where they have all the bit. Actually, that's the largest Masonic Temple in the world, I believe, or in the United States, one of the two. And that's the one in Detroit. That's where I became, you know, a master mason. And my grandfather was a Mason on his own time. And also my father who raised me was a Mason. They didn't bring me into it, but just through my understanding of the walk that they had and how good men they were. And as far as my upbringing and just like these was real men and that's rare in society today. And I had shared a post with one of my homies, um, Chris Brown. He got a, he just had a little homie go get his GED down there at Frederick Douglass, like real men energy. So I seen real men and I'm like, well, let me go find out what this is about. Because like when I was like 18, 19, I started hearing all the Illuminati talk. And I'm like, ah. like I ain't never been no B word. So I'm like, at least mm -hmm. let me go see for myself. And what I walked, because I'm Chris Hall. What I walked into was a group of brothers, my elders, who want nothing more but the best for me, who love me, who still check on me to this day. And I have, a, a, honestly, a brotherhood that I'm internationally locked into and protected if it was ever a situation anywhere in the world. And I do what I need to do. Somebody's going to come run to my aid. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people don't have. And I'm not reason to deal in that aspect, but that's beautiful to me because of one, one of the longest established running organizations in history and still together and almost anybody making anything move or shake is one of us. So either you go, <laughs> you're gonna get right or you're gonna get gone. And I'm not, I got involved for those particular reasons, but like I said, it's patterns to success. And if I need certain doorways open for me, sometimes that comes through a handshake and that's just the reality. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm transparent like that, I don't mind saying it, bro. Everybody not allowed into them doorways. So I'm gonna do my diligence. I keep on, like, I just got a call from one of my Masonic brothers 
Yeah, I was supposed to call him back today. He called me last night because they trying to give me my stuff for my other degrees because I don't like I still I'm still active even in the other state because I'm a Michigan man, but not Florida. Yeah. And I've seen all type of philanthropic work. And don't get me wrong, it's still some niggerly things going on. Niggerly means ignorant. Shout out to my homie Jay. He put me up. So like in anything that we deal with, even in the American community, mm-hmm. we have our grievances. The same thing with some of our people in the Masonic order. Everybody don't have their differences, but for the most part, the foundational principles about that organization, about being an upright man, you utilizing these working tools in order to shape the rough, the rough refined edges and become, you know, the perfect body of man. And all, that also means mentally. Um, mm-hmm. the, the original principles for that is not wrong. It's niggerly people who are associated with this organization out here doing crazy stuff. And that don't mean that I got to be associated with that. I'm not into nothing weird. I've openly said that on my platform all the time. So, and people already know they can't come try me with none of that stuff on no back channel. Mm-hmm. So ask me, bro. <laughs> you know what I find is that people, you know, it's 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 coming back to the same thing for me over and over. Tradition, right? Tradition over what you read in books. So a lot of times people will throw around these terms of gatekeeper. You know what I mean? And it's always attached to oh, you a mason or whatever you may be. They want to attach this term gatekeeper, right? People who utilize, overutilize that term don't understand rites of passage, right? Because it goes hand in hand. You need, you got to go through your rites of passage before you can pass through this gate. The people, like, so, like, when I when I first started talking about this information openly, right? Years, and I, I'm not saying this to try to predate people or anything. Just, it is what it is. When I was saying these things, years and years ago right it was i didn't realize that you might be opening a door to people for for people that are going to rush in but they haven't gone through the rites of passage and then once they get access because they don't have the discipline acquired through the rites of passage they want to create their own way you know what I'm saying? And unfortunately, because of the situation, sometimes we are forced to create our own way. Don't get me wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you don't have to, you should go according to the traditions and the principles. So in some like there needs to be gatekeepers. You know, what I mean, for any discipline, there has to be a gatekeeper and it should be the ones that know better. And they unfortunately have to be the ones to tell the ones who don't know better, fall the fuck back until you yeah. know better. But people want to demonize that. You know what I'm yes. saying? And it's just, it's not, it's not intelligent. It's not realistic. You can't, you can't move through life without gatekeepers. A driver's license is a gatekeeper. You don't get that license until you pass the, you know, till you go through that initiation, that ritual. Now we can trust you to get behind this two, three ton weapon, you know what I'm saying? And drive past people who are just walking casually. You know what I'm saying? There's got to be gatekeepers. So to these people who want to throw dirt on people because they're they're attached to this or attached to that, you know what I mean? They want to create narratives. That's why I just wanted you to elaborate on, on this a little bit when you talked about your third generation Mason, because people automatically 
attacks nefarious negative things that's exactly why i say it because a lot of people know me personally and um they've been fortunate enough like um a lot of my co-workers i i invite people to my crib i build with people all the time bro people know i ain't into no funny stuff but i am about my business and like if you like i've been fortunate you know the type of people we just able to bump into and mm -hmm. like even all of it came through business for real business i'm like yep. even be don't be never no masonic stuff like shit. i met karis one off some business i met oh, beans ft business you know you feel me mm -hmm. so like that it's just the doors open up for me because of my understanding of commercial activity and how i put myself out there in the realms yeah yeah like my my life took a change in terms of when i created turtle gang entertainment when i created that and let me give a shout out to once again the hakeem and krs1 because when i started my company it was turtle gang entertainment mm -hmm. and one of the first uh one of the first clients well actually i gotta give a shout out to my man sabir bay because sabir bay opened the doors for me so like a lot, a lot of the people i know now who i've met over the past 15 years that all was a result of sabir opening a door for me when i stepped in that door hakeem green was standing there you know what i'm saying and then Hakeem opened doors for me. And when he opened that door, KRS-One was there. And I had the conversation with him and he told me, you should call your company Edutainment and piggyback off of hip hop. Hip hop is in the schools now, doing this and doing that. And from that point on, my company was called Turtle Gang Edutainment. And Turtle Gang Edutainment has what's opened many channels. It's helped me and my family reconnect with the tribal communities from, you know, all across the country, all, all up to Canada, you know what I mean? So definitely I say to people, definitely um, creating businesses opens opportunities for you, you know what I mean? And um, that's that's the absolute truth, definitely. Yeah. It's, how do you, how are people planning on obtaining wealth? That's always my, like, you want a bag, but what are you gonna do to get to it? Um, one good thing from that book, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, it actually makes you write out how you're going to get to the thing that you're making out the affirmation about. You say you want to make three million. I did this. I did this when I was younger and I, I hit my point. I was I definitely remember it was like I said I want to make like it was like three million nine hundred eighty seven dollars, six seven hundred and sixty five dollars and seventy four cents something like that that was down there my exact number to the t that i wanted to make and i made that number but i also within that affirmation i very detailedly explained how i was going to get to that point by providing goods and services to my people with a particular energy and fashion and i was going to do it this way and i put all of that and i would wake up and i would say you like you got to have an a to z um what's that movie that will smith made uh, for venus and serena all he talked about was having the plan for his children and look at where his children are today mm -hmm. if she, are y'all planning for y'all children for y'all future because we can't pass down nine to five to our babies y'all can't pass down these ucc processes in 1099 to our babies absolutely well so let me talk a little bit about because um me personally i know i could have did more right I think I did a good job with my son. My son is in a. All right, so as we, raise... no, no. <laughs> as we raise our children, right, we want better for them, right? 
and we're coming through different chambers. Like for me, I didn't have my, my father wasn't around. Right. It was me and my mom and my mom was sick. So I kind of was like on my own. Right. So what I wanted to do to level up for my son was very base level. I just want to be there for him. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't worried about financial literacy and setting him up for wealth. I was on a very base level. Like I just got to be there for him in his life every day. Right. But unknowingly, just that alone set him up for success. You know what I'm saying? Because it taught him levels of accountability. You know what I mean? I was doing what I was doing, making money. His mother was going to work, making money. I was doing my own entrepreneurial thing while she was doing the nine to five thing. So he got to see both. You know what I mean? He got to see his dad doing his doing the music thing. I'm engineering. I got artists coming to the crib. He's growing up watching me recording people. And he's seeing an entrepreneurial aspect of the culture. You know what I mean? But he's also seeing his mother get up every day and go to, to a nine to five. You know yeah. what I mean? So now at this point, my son is got a great job. He manages, he works for a, um, a solar panel warehouse company. Right. So great. And, and, you know, he's 26 and he manages 18 warehouses from Maine to Florida. You know what I mean? Like he's in a position to now be able to set up the generational wealth. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because he avoided all the potholes that I, I got caught up in. You know what I mean? All these things, because my primary issue was just being there for him and guiding him in the right direction. And that's paid off, you know what I mean? So, but we at a point now generationally where hopefully many of us have healed those wounds of being uh, fatherless and all these different things, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully we're at a point now where we're moving on to the next step where we're empowering our children through technology do things of that nature. My son does artwork, you know what I mean? So this is something he definitely needs to be investing in and looking into because simply because he makes artwork, you know what I mean? And how he can be setting himself up on the digital side to benefit off something he loves to do, which is draw, you know what I mean? But this is about building up generation, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So you might not, like some people might have issues bigger than getting the bag even though that's an issue like for some people the issue of just being a good parent being there for your kid some people are you know in and out of prison and they gotta they gotta overcome that you know what i mean because to, to lay a proper foundation but for those of us who are past these things and are, and are looking forward like this should be the prime like we should be thinking about our identities reestablishing who we are, you know what I'm saying? Getting the culture back and getting the bag. You know what I mean? And this, I'm gonna keep coming back to that. What you're what you're talking about is the new way, is the modern way for us to get these bags. You know what I mean? So it just we just have to make it we have to make it plain because it's it's no different than you know telling somebody that black isn't black because you don't know legalese like this is a whole new language to these people so we have to have 
not necessarily say entrusted, but, you know, like through a KYC system, that's what it's um, when you can talk about finances and, you know, um, know your customer or you have to know who you're dealing with to some extent. That way, you know that their information holds some validity or that they have some form of background. So, you know, that you just not being played because there's people out here who are influencers who have for sure said misinformation about blockchain and cryptography. And I know these people don't code and unless you un, like there's documentation and books and things that people should really be looking into if they're going to get into this or be teaching it because you for sure want to take accountability for the things that come out your mouth when it's pertaining to our people and you setting them up for a better future because are you doing it for them or are you doing it for you because if it's for them you want to make sure you're giving them the right information and this all how you can tell who's a charlatan and who's not because are they doing it for them or are they generally trying to help you get in another position absolutely and that's that's very important um anything else that you because i i do want to talk about I do want to kind of I want to get into the um into the hemp uh conversation and there's another you conversation said, I want to I want to have that's attached to that. So is there is there anything else you want to talk about in terms of the um the NFTs the the you know the digital um currency anything else you want to speak to the people about before we get into that aspect of the conversation? Outside of that, I'm about to publicly say that um, I'm for sure planning on you being a part of the Hidden Feathers NFT project and that project be, excuse me, and that um, the cryptocurrency and the artwork and the game and stuff that we're trying to develop, we're not trying that we're in process of developing right now because those oral accounts that you have been fortunate enough in order to, you know, get and also your networking connection within the American Indian community, those are things that has to be um, restructured and be able to pass down to our children. So that's what I want to be a part of, being able to do that on a larger scale. And I see the need because I told you like um, yesterday, a lot of the American Indian artwork or cartoons are very unbecoming of us. And I don't I don't partake in the artwork, but I don't necessarily care for it. So I'm like, if Instead of just complaining, I did something about it. I went and made some art. And I'm like, we're going to drop this and we'll use the project in order to fund, you know, like any of our, whether it's the video game or the animation rollout. But the storyline and stuff, I for sure want you to be a part of that. And like any art concepts, any of that. That, I want people to be on the lookout for the Hidden Feathers NFT stuff. And just join, it don't have to be my community, join somebody's community. Um, really, if you want to get educated to NFTs, the space is not Instagram. Um, you have to be on somebody's dis Discord and Twitter. That's really where the biggest NFT conversations are happening are on NFT, excuse me, on Twitter and Discord. So, um, can, going do you have link? Do you have your Twitter and your Discord link you could drop? Um, yeah, I can drop my Discord link in uh -huh. the chat. No, anybody who sees this, I'm going to ask them to join your, your, your group. You know what I mean? I'll be joining it. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I definitely want to align myself and Turtle Gang with what you're doing and, and learn from you on, on that aspect and, you know, definitely build. 
I got some crazy artwork for you, bro. Already ready to go. I just pass it to you. Man, and, you know, the stuff you sent me was was dope. I just I needed you to um if you'd have emailed it to me, it came through. Um, it didn't come through as a um transparency. Oh no, it's all G, bro. I'm yeah, not yeah. You. It's just like I'm more I mean, so. I know you busy, so I be I be trying. <laughs> I got a lot of. I got a lot of things I want to share with you in terms of designs and, and, and artwork too. You know, that, that was my first, my first calling, my, my, my gift from the great spirit is art. You know what I mean? My, my entire family, we nice with the pen. We nice, like everybody, my son, Ill, everybody, you can all draw, paint. So, you know, that's, that's something I had been doing since I was six, seven years old. I kind of got bored of it and moved on to, to other disciplines. You know what I mean? But I still got it. You know what I'm saying? You got any old um you got any old artwork like um portfolios and stuff like that? Oh yeah, I got I got tons of stuff. I just have to dig it up. On a bankroll, bro. Dude, I bro, I got right-handed art and I got left-handed art, bro. You know what Ooh. I mean? Yeah, I got I'm gonna just do this left-handed type shit. All right. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. Like but, I'm uh, with the right. Let me switch to the left. Yes. That's crazy. You probably the only person I ever said heard say they do ambidextrous artwork. That's amazing, bro. Dude. So I would love to. And like these are that's that's almost like a utility. That's a marketing. That's a marketing pitch right there. Like right hand artwork, left hand artwork. Like these it's are a difference two, though. You can see the difference. You know what I mean? This is difference, but <laughs> for real, like I'm like I'm so I'm so tight with my business. Like people can just like tell me something. And I know how to piece it together. And you know, like help them to you know bring in a bag off of it. That's the reason why I do like I'm able to teach somebody how to make a business with under a hundred dollars based on what they already know, like slash love to do. Because like I just I have that's one of my gifts. I can just piece together stuff like that. Okay, but, well, I'm definitely gonna consult with you. Sit down, with, you know. Hopefully, you're gonna help me take uh, what I'm doing to a, to another level. Because I'm for years I kind of just been out here doing things, floating things out, not really looking to. Um, build off it just trying to share with people you know what i mean but at this point i'm like you know what i, I want to build something off of everything i've offered to people and not i'm not trying to sell nothing but i want to empower myself i want to empower turtle gang and i want to take turtle gang to the next level and i'm definitely looking to surround myself with people who can help me do that you know what i mean well, i believe you to be one of those people so i first i'm for sure down for that bro like first off yo the way i look at it is your business is older than my businesses as well so it's an honor for me to come into like a grandfather situation like that and i've like i came up watching some of your documentary stuff like so i know exactly what the and then like i even i sent multiple people to the website just because mm -hmm. thank you so yeah and i i already see angles and avenues to where you can make the inclusion for the cryptocurrency the nfts and and just make it super dope for your for your viewers yeah and, like, i don't appreciate that transition but yeah, that was and, like, and I, I like i like the idea because people talk about unity oh we got to have unity we got to have unity you want to unify create a business and let's get in business with each other let's leave the <laughs> political beliefs let's leave the uh, uh religious beliefs where you from where you think we originated let's create some business and unify on, on this bag and then um, see how much that other shit really matters 
when we get in a bag together, see if you care whether I believe we from Africa or you believe we from wherever. See if you care about that when we making money together. Motherfuckers ain't gonna care about that shit. And ain't nobody else gonna care when we get in that bag together. Let's let's cure the ills of the people. You arguing over that shit because you ain't got no bread. Let's get this bread. Because it, man, um, one of the fortunate to know some a few billionaires, like, and baby girl, she's it pretty much took. Well, I don't know how long it took for her to acquire her wealth, but they got one of the longest standing. Like, it's pretty much the biggest boat company in the world. Like, it's her and her husband business. They've been number one for thirty years. Been in business for thirty five years. She legit a billionaire. She stayed probably like twenty minutes from me. And it's just being able to come in contact with these people because they gon they gonna give you the game. You just you just gotta be able to pay attention and pick up on it. And one one thing I know is when I start seeing people with that type of bag start shifting into the areas where I'm at, I know I'm in the right alignment because mm-hmm. it's real with more money than I can count. And that's not to say like I ain't got my shit in order, but like I'm real about it. Like she got, she been in business as long as longer than I've been living. So of course she should be able to do better than me. Mm-hmm. And she's willing to extend her network over to me, but it's only because I do business. Mm-hmm. I'm just not special, cute, melanated man. And she just like, oh, this some old European lady, bro. As a matter of fact, I'm like, what interest does she got in me? She got interest in my business. You got to ask something about me. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So. Um, I, before we jump into the next little um, sidebar conversation, so <clears throat> we in the new way, right? And the new way should be primarily about discovering your identity, right? Standing on it, you know what I mean? Showing and proving for it. And when I say that, I mean, just, just living the, if you say you this, start to make strides towards living that culture. You know what I'm saying? Um, learn the lessons learn the the cultural aspects of it, learn the traditions. But at the same time, we got to blend that into the new way, which is these resources, how we get in these bags, you know what I mean? And we should be moving forward like that and not looking for anybody else to co-sign it or okay it. You know who your ancestors are, you know what I mean? Build a crypto tribe. Forget all, like, let's get this bag you know what I mean? In the name of your ancestors and move forward and see how much you can change and, and make, you know, like how far can we go if we just dealing with who we are, how we present ourselves and then moving towards this money. You know what I mean? So we can show and prove and create our communities the way they that's, need to be created. That's re- That's the only way. And that's going to be the main thing that protects a lot of us is because once again, Indians are not taxed. And us providing these particular currencies and also with the treaties and the previous things in place, we are entitled to do these things. And it's really about knowing yourself and knowing, you know, the direction you're going. But um, that that was all I really had about the NFT stuff. But you, I believe you had said something about, I think it was hemp earlier. I think that's what I heard you say. Yeah. So what I, what I want to talk about is that. Um, so obviously the legalization of, of hemp marijuana in different places has led to a, um, has led to a resurgence 
a, a run, for, you know what I mean? Every like a lot of people are getting into it. A lot of native communities are getting into it. Yeah, um, man, shout out to Rama Poe. Um, you know, shout out to Chief Man. Um, he's got his um, that's somebody I'd probably like to introduce you to. Um, you know, they got their farm going, and that's one of the products that they're selling that they're growing out there up, up, up in uh, Ramapo. Um, but at the same time, like, I always look for the other shoe to drop, right? Because it is money, mm -hmm. it's money being made. The government is making money off it, they only legalized it because now they can make money off it, you know what I mean? Creating uh, outlets and things of that nature. So that puts a squeeze on the people who have traditionally generally been making money in the streets. Now they got to compete with next level, you know what I mean, competition. It's not just on the street. Now you got beautiful bag. You got all this stuff, right? It's, it's a big Market. business now. Bag appeal, yeah. <laughs> so... What is going on is there's an epidemic that is hitting where a lot of probably low end, who knows? I, I don't want to say low end, but a lot of people are now starting to, and it's always been happening, but it's everything gets heightened now as we move forward. Things are speeding up. So there's been a lot of, a lot of overdoses off of weed because the weed has been laced with certain Oh, okay. Synthetic drugs. You know yeah. what I mean? That's something I just recently had to deal with. You know, and something okay. that was placed <laughs> like it's going to say, it's going to help us economically. That's why I say the other shoe dropped. Now the other shoe is dropping and it's causing an effect where people are scrambling and panicking because they can't compete with what's going on. So now they're doing all types of things to the, to, to the, to the weed itself. So what was brought to us that looked appears to be something that's gonna empower us also has such a detrimental and negative effect on communities. And this is something that I've, you know, I just drove through the Midwest and I seen things I never seen before. I was just in Flint. I seen things I never seen before, bro. I ain't never, like, I've seen communities messed up. Yeah, I I drove down blocks where two out of the ten houses was occupied. Yeah, the rest of these homes was abandoned. Mm -hmm. And I know when I see those type of environments, the people in those communities are they're poor. You know what I mean? And this is not to say Flint is a was always a poor community because from what I understand it was a it was a wealthy community. You had to have mm -hmm. a little bit of bread to live in Flint before everything happened. But the disparity causes people to want to get high. You know what yeah. I mean? The lack of money causes them to want to look for the best deals. You got people who can't compete with the higher end um, strains being grown, so now they're lacing their stuff with different drugs, and people are losing their lives to that. How does somebody who is invested in that, first of all, are you aware of what's going on, and how do you balance that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how does that work for somebody who's actually a part of the culture in terms of hemp and marijuana? So it's crazy because this is like a double-sided coin after I after I hear the way that you express it, because there's 
there's the aspect of our community, our people who are utilizing this as a commercial, you know, income in order for them to support themselves. But then you have the large, the bigger corporation, you know, like the Walmart, well, technically it's the medical marijuana industries, the dispensaries that's popping up everywhere that are technically disrupting the street sales. So like I, it's people who have utilized some methamphetamine hydroxylines and have coated it over um, the cannabis. I know I've actually heard about people spraying it and I've actually know some people who actually do it. I don't got to lie about it. They actually spray um, the cannabis with Delta eight, which is another cannabis action, more of a CBD, but it gives a, has a, it does have THC levels and gets you high, but they'll do this over what we call light depth or outdoor grow. So it'll be light assisted grows or outdoor grows. Technically from the look seems to be a lower quality product. And then they will, but because you can get it cheaper because these like a lot of people not growing in these states. So you'll see people getting units or pounds sent over for under a thousand dollars or under two thousand dollars. And then they'll spread and then they'll break it down. And then they'll be bringing back anywhere from um, three thousand to seven thousand dollars on a breakdown just because now when they're selling it like on the eighths and on the 20 side, it's compounding out as more because they're charging more for this because they've said that it's a higher quality product that becomes mm -hmm. and for somebody who has an R&D company I understand the need for the FDA when it when we talk about cannabis consumption because we have to make sure that we are keeping each other safe like there has to be some checks and balances some rules and regulations for the safety of the people now this happens you have to use the FDA because we ourselves don't have a system in order for us to test within our own communities. But I like, I'm fortunate enough to have some contracts with laboratories and um, I'm actually about to, I'm actually about to have a lab built in a particular state. <laughs> and um, in this area, nobody, it's only two people with licenses and it's one of our partners. So we're gonna have a lab and we, we do our own testing already because we grow mainly organically and I have concerns about giving people bad product. So I'm, I'm somebody who's personally against aquaponics mainly because I'm vegan, but that's not to say that it doesn't work. I just, I don't want to consume feces because you know, fish, they pass their waste in the water. And if we're utilizing this, this body of water in order to grow the plants, that means that that waste is coming into the plant and then you're consuming it. Now, if we're talking about for industrial use, nobody's eating that, that's completely different. So depending on the end use for the product, mainly the main market is for human consumption. That's the main thing that people are doing. The main thing I recommend people do is put themselves in a business situation. It's correct. One of like, I know people who are grandfathered in, who got private like uh, membership networks and they're moving the back, no issue and clean product. And it's just that they have their system and they're doing it in a business capacity and it's no longer a hustle. So when you do it in a business capacity, I've been able, I've been able to help some of these individuals get bank accounts for cannabis transactions, or either they run cannabis transactions through their crypto wallets, and then based on the ledger in the crypto wallet, they'll be able to be issued out a line of credit or a loan. So now you're able to leverage off your cannabis transactions, and now you can possibly get a storefront and pay for your licensing. So you don't got to be out here, you know, playing a poor man game. You actually can be competitive are actually joined into that side. So that's more so where I, um, that's where I kind of have my divide with that particular argument. And I'm somebody who came up, like I come from Michigan, 
Like we a rec state, we a med state. I've grown over 10 years myself. So I understand what it means to, you know, like be on the other side of the hustle and you see the dispensaries and people go there, but everything in the dispensary isn't good either because yeah no absolutely <laughs> yeah those people not testing the in some cases where they need to in all honesty sometimes street blood is safer than the stuff in the dispensary it's just unless you can verify that these things have been tested in most cases they're not testing that blood because that's another bill they got to pay yeah and, and the but, scary thing is the middleman could be the one that's you know there, there's there's something going around with with the, you know this this, this fentanyl you know what yeah. i mean which is very it's the most dangerous thing out here. That's what Prince lost his life to. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, as much as a grain of sand, two grains of sand of this stuff could kill somebody. You know what I mean? So it, it's for me. You know, I, I've been I've been consuming marijuana. You know, over thirty years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like heavy and at this point, like I'm ready to stop because not because I have a problem with the with the marijuana that, you know, I love it. You know, it's a part of my who I am, but I can't be confident in the handlers on down to where it starts to how it gets to me. Now, you know, I'm not going to lead a charge and tell people they need to stop because I understand it's people are making a lit like it's been opened up it's open doors for people and they're making a living but like i said this is where i say the other shoe drops you know what i mean like okay I now i got an option is um just hear me out on this one because this is actually this is actually a play that we was about to run with the um the seneca nation up in new york like probably like an hour from buffalo like really like straight the street from the casino um we were actually about to um only reason why this i'm transparent the deal, this particular deal didn't go through because me and one of the elders got into it because he got old ways in the trial. You know how that can be sometime in the community. And I'm just like, hey, if y'all don't want to make no money, now when I tell you the deal, you're going to think they got goddamn crazy because we were shipping over prefab shipping containers from China already built out in order to sustain the grows. And we were fronting six months worth of product on this particular location. So that means everything was already set up, shipped like six shipping containers one for a dispensary model and then the other ones for outdoor grows because you know in new york get cold and like so we end up when that fell through we just end up shipping them down to georgia for another one of the other grows but these are the type of situations that we're allowing people to come on board because if you had those type of concerns you literally we allow people in thinner containers you can view the grows through your camera so you can see the material well and then i also i wrote a book called gpo genetically purified organisms uh indigenous growing practices and it's pretty much how we grow with um sharp uh, charburn um things like shungite um crystals high mineral things in order to reverse those genetically modified aspects so utilizing some of these sciences within our own grows and also um being able to allow people to come on board like within these situations like pretty much was being grown you have access to either to make money off of it or have it sent to you so that kind of removes that um that middleman and you know like that it's not safe like because like, you know we're a private organization and we want to make sure that we have an understanding of what's going on from you know seat to table all the way but that's something that 
we've been working on and um, on the strain aspect being able to provide genetics to people because you know we know rappers and stuff one of my partners got a you know like cannabis concept as it pertains to the genetics and um i'm gonna hit you with that on the back end but yeah bro it's options because you know like we can't we true cannabis lovers like that that work cannabis is in our culture it's in our language they talk about mm -hmm. it tells and i'm talking about hemp set is a lenape word mm -hmm. where we get the term hemp from so yeah, yeah it's definitely part of our culture it's you know it's you know another attack on the culture monetization of the culture and then when we're able to benefit from it now you start having these things happening that is making it you know what i mean i actually did something to um what's you introduced me to her i don't want to misquote her name because i know her tribal name starts with an M. I i believe her i believe it's um cheyenne i believe that's her name oh shanae yes excuse me shanae yes yeah. um I had made a comment on her post because I had seen about it was a conference and I was like, y'all need to come down to South Florida. And she was like, um, pretty much just reach out to the people and you know, like y'all may y'all may be able to set something up. And then um another woman that you also introduced me to or that I had seen when I was around you, uh, Mary Jane Flower Girl. And she was like, the Florida tribes need to get their stuff in order. And then I had made a comment, I'm like, our ability to operate in cannabis is is not limited to our geographical locations from which we come from. It's really about the treaties and the relationships that we establish with one another in order to see if we can do business on certain people land and, oper and operate in this capacity. So it's really just about making the connections because you and Lenape Hogan, uh, New York right there, New York good, Jersey good. One of my elders actually just said that he was about to try and grasp. He, he wasn't trying. He was in the process of uh, closing on a land deal, large amount of acreage. And, you know, that's the one who passed me the company. So, you know, it's going to be pushed. Mm -hmm. So... It's just like being able to tap into this network because he's the same way as you are. He only deal with the same people, and you know y'all got y'all, y'all, y'all one middle middleman that that broker. Y'all have y'all one broker that y'all usually deal with that you know that's entrusted. But that's the between the broker and the grower relationship. They have to ensure that nothing goes on funny in that transaction with the cannabis once it gets to you, and we making sure that we have a trusted system with testing in place and also being able to offer, you know, like opportunities for people to actually make money off of the system. But human consumption isn't our main goal. Our real end game is to develop in the the digital world, tech world, and also in the hemp industrial world. So yeah. like fibers and you know, getting into that's where the tech and tech and hemp are gonna blend really hard in the near future, bro. Okay. All right, so um, I, I put the link in. If anybody wants to come up and um, has any questions, any comments, uh, my native name fucks with no one. I'm looking for your message, bro. I, I can't find it. Where is the message? You're asking me to please read your message. I see that message. I just don't see the actual message you'd like for me to read. But um, yeah, like I said, if anybody wants to join us uh stay on for another 15 minutes or so if that's all right with you i, I know we went out two hours um just give somebody an opportunity oh pardon me pardon me sister okay would you like to come up and um make the statement or ask a question the link is in the um the link is in the chat I would like to hear what you have to say on um, whatever the message is. I just can't find the message right now. And pardon me for thinking you were 
brother. My apologies. Yeah. Um, I'm always open to build. I've stepped away from, you know, like kind of like the conscious community in the last few months. And I really, I got in my bag, my tech bag, because like, I'm like, these people not getting no money over here, bro. I'm like, yeah. I'm playing with these people, bro. <laughs> I was like, I really, so like, I really stepped back and looked at the situation unbiasedly. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing with yourself, bro? Mm -hmm. They don't forgive them because they know not what they do. They really think they over here doing something. And the fact that I can step back and re really realize that I haven't seen traction off of stuff that was in place before I was, I was even in place. I'm like, yeah, like clearly something over here is not right. So pay attention to that. And mm -hmm. it's exactly what I did. Yeah, yeah, we, we talked about those things. Um, yeah, I, I feel like um, at some point you get to a point where you got to start showing and proving. And um, if you get caught up, if you get caught up in the conversation, like the conversation, okay, let's go, let's have a conversation, but then now let's start dealing with the next, okay, let's implement the conversation. Yeah. And I, I think too many people are comfortable in the conversation and they're waiting for everybody to agree to move forward. The, what I've learned is you can't wait for everybody to agree to move forward. You got to move forward with the people who are agreeable. You know what I mean? And like I said, that's me doing these these lives now, sitting down with people. That's what this is all about, to try and forge relationships, to move forward. You know what I mean? To, as I said, be able to invest myself, or as you say, to be able to invest myself in other people and their businesses and hopefully have them invest their time and their effort whatever they can bring to the table into my business so we can all grow together you know what i mean and um yeah, so yeah that's I, that's yeah. what this conversation is about um i'm sure i'll get back to having other conversations that are the you know i'm gonna say next thing you're gonna be doing is you're gonna be dropping your nft project into the public bro but like in all honesty when when you open up the floor for people to ask questions about things that they are not knowledgeable in I have always been the first motherfucker to raise my hand and be like, question, because you don't get these type of opportunities often. It's like, I'm not a person that's always readily available. So if you get the opportunity to ask somebody who may have a certain skill set, some questions, seize those moments. Like baby girl, when we went, when we went and met with Chris, I put her in position in order so she could freestyle for me. And she was like, it's either you, you know, that's mm -hmm. one of them. <laughs> you feel me? Mm -hmm. and, he showed up and showed out. And Do you have that? Uh, why don't you drop that link in here? Um, whatever that, the stuff we did from that day, if, if you want to drop that link, so people right. can uh, see some of the work. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna drop the uh, video we we shot. Oh, for sure, I'm gonna grab that. Yeah, and um, he dropped so much game. And in all honesty, bro, I was I was thinking about you know like taking that particular direction we gonna talk about that because i know you got hella footage i know you mm -hmm. got so we shot two videos right um yeah um three no 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 two 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 it was the took a test is the took a test was the one took a test and you had the cipher right for me at the um with the document with the interview yeah, yeah. Make sure. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. So the took a test is the one, yeah, and you're in that video. All right, yeah. So I'm gonna drop that. I'm gonna drop that in the link. We forgot I was in that video. I'll be having no, no, no. I remember the shot. I put y'all. I remember the shot. The specific shot. Yeah, we was on the rooftop. Yeah, on the rooftop. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's my man's? God, what's what's my name? Um, no disrespect. How the fuck did I forget his name? This is Grammy nominated Carl Thomas. Carl Thomas. Yeah. Um, the the other joint in my apartment with um. Oh, so, oh, so you, oh, you, oh, so you're part of that video as well. Yeah, they they filmed in my apartment. <laughs> oh, that's in your apartment. Okay, okay, oh, yeah, uh, you dropped that one too. Then, so this is just an example of um, people coming together. You know, culture creates commerce. You know what I mean? It also creates camaraderie. You know what I mean? All these things allow us to grow. You know what I mean? And, and we can move on to creating bigger and better things. Um, it's I mean, his brother met through Hakeem shooting a video. You know, I was I'm, I was Hawk's go-to man while he was up, while he's in the city. I'm the one he comes to. You know, he has other people that he works with down in Florida, and they're doing great things as well. Um, so this is how me and his brother met. Uh, I was kind of aware of what, you know, I, I'd seen your movements. You know what I mean? I, I You know, I was aware of you, but I hadn't really... Um, <laughs> you know, looked into exactly what was going on. But when Hawk brought you to my attention and he told me a little bit about, you know, yeah, this brother, he as well. I said, okay, you know, like at the video shoot, I knew who you was and I knew you was Lenape. You know what I mean? I just was like, we're going to see how this play out. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> you know how the YouTube shenanigans can be, bro. <laughs> we're going to see how the energy work out. You know what I mean? And this is something that uh, Two Hawks has said. He was like, you know, being patient is important. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like when we met, we both kind of, we was respectful for each other, gave each other the respect. By the end of the shoot, by the time we was down in uh, where we at, we started in Jersey and we ended up in- um, Wilmington, Delaware. Wilmington. By the time we got to Wilmington, we had locked in and it was a family atmosphere, but it wasn't nothing that we rushed. You know what I'm saying? It was. It was organic, you know what I mean? And that's how things work. Um, you know, real recognize real, you just gotta give it an opportunity to see it, you know what I mean? And people are always looking for for real connections. So, like I said, another big shout out to Hakeem for um, establishing another connection. Like I said, he's opened a lot of doors for me and um, I'm definitely looking forward to this Turtle Gang NFT project and Man. moving it, moving into the future, you know what I mean? Because that's where we need to be. So. I'm a, um, actually, Ha actually has the damn original I Believe video. It's not even, I, you know how it go with the copyright stuff. When it's people. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, Ha got the actual I Believe. I'm about to grab that for him. Ha King Green, I Believe. But, like, and then I had did a little, it, you really, like, you really have forced me to get into my, you know, my video editing a little bit more, too and talking to you about some aspects because I had pieced together this little, um, I had took some of your boom back footage and stuff that you had shot for him about the interview back in the day, mm -hmm. um, out of this case. And, yeah. I had, and I had pieced them together this little, um, you know, the cipher, um, the cipher clip and from, I took clips from the actual, you was there at the verses. I took yeah. clips from the verses mm -hmm. and 
asked him up with this music video with Chris, and I was, you know, trying to catch that timing. And I had pieced that together for bro just to show like my appreciation and also in order to promote that aspect because I didn't want him to feel like his interview his interview never got utilized. I just had to figure out the proper way in order to, you know, yeah. put it. Absolutely. I believe this is, yeah, bro. Like the opening scenes is in my goddamn house. Okay. But um, I, I enjoyed this though. I really, and I appreciate you for bringing me on. Let me see if I can. Um, I got it. Here we go, right here. I believe. Should be able to um, play the video. Um, I'm about to drop the free coding website for y'all again. It's in the chat a couple times, but it is, I'll say it on the camera, it is freecodecamp.org, and I'm about to put it in the chat. So go ahead and grab you another skill set, increase your net worth. Now, you know, be able to pass the skill set down to your children. You can teach your babies how to code, for sure. My son is coding school this summer. He only 10. Well, he's going to my coding school in my house, but he's 10. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Actually, my, um, my, got a seven-year-old, and he's crazy into, you know, he's a gamer. Mm -hmm. Heavy gamer. And that's something his mother talked about wanting to get him into coding. So there go the site, bro, for free. Okay. We're definitely gonna um look into that and uh set him up with that because that's something that like you know, as the generations come, like they're even more smarter and they're picking things up quicker and it's second nature to them. So they can be creating, you know, great uh, you know examples of, of ways to, to monetize our culture for ourselves they can be doing that at a, at a young age and be growing up with it and be empowering themselves you know what i mean like there's no limit to this stuff just so, like fools instead of always handing the baby a basketball or you know a football you know, yeah a real skills yeah. yeah there's other ways out and, and that's what the people need to see so um is, is there anything else you wanted to touch on man um one, I give honors to you, my elder, you know, my extended family member within our community for bringing me on board and allowing me to, you know, grace your platform. <laughs> and you have done great work throughout the years and you do, you for sure deserve your flowers for everything that you've done because you are you. as a people and also documenting those historical events, getting those accounts. So like you deserve your flowers. That for sure needs to be said. And I recommend like support um, support the community, trust my baby community, support the um, wife of a Negro community. Um, for those of you who heard us talk about that earlier, these NFT projects and through you supporting us, we support you and the things that you want to make. So we have no problem helping you drop your project, shifting our our community into your community so that we can shift our dollars within our communities. I'm teaching people how to make susus without people getting scammed or getting screwed over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And this is how we keep the money at house. But um, 
Like, bro, like I said, I just, I thank you for the platform and I, I had a great time coming on, being able to share everything that I've been able to do and also do with you and some of the elders. And I just look forward to us moving in a collective capacity and also doing business with you as well. More business. It's not like we do. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we're we going to get this uh, Total Gang NFT project rolling and, and we're going to, uh, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I'm going to be set up some, some uh, conversations with you, some phone calls we can really talk some real business. I definitely want to invest in um, the project you got coming up. Um, I'm on board, you know what I mean? Um, and I want to thank you and, I, and um, it's an honor to be, you know, first of all, like from the, like I said, the first encounter we had was about putting money in my pocket. So, you know I mean? That's, that's something that as somebody who's been out here doing business with quote unquote, our people, you know what I mean? I've, I've always been in a position to where I was trying to help somebody out. Not always were they trying to help me out. You know what I'm saying? Not always were was it reciprocal. So to even to be able to enter into a situation where it's straight up business and you ain't got to worry about none of the other stuff, that is, a, uh, you know, that's a relief. That helps. You know what I mean? That's something that encourages me moving forward. So, you know, I want to thank you for that opportunity, that experience. You know what I mean? I have to haggle you with you about nothing. I have to go through no shit with, about nothing. You know what I mean? It was just straight up. Um, obviously, it opened doors to create a greater relationship, and that's what business does. You know what I mean? Um, so, like I said, it's an honor to sit here with you. Thank you for taking the time to come share what you have with us, you know, for the people. Oh, we definitely, definitely going to build. Don't yeah. forget. No, I said I need my area. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Bro. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna send you the link. As a matter of fact, let me let me um let me pull up. So let me pull it up. Um, I'll drop the link. Yeah, I'm gonna drop you the, the direct link to the brother out here. Um, Native Tech is his uh, that's him on Facebook. Native Tech. Let me let me pull it up. Um. Yeah. Jordan, boy. Yeah, it's it's all handmade. Like he does it all. You know, what I mean, this is an official traditional uh, work. And that's another bro. I was just damn. Thank you for that. You know, us as a first off, American Indian artwork can like. If you're not an American Indian, you can't be saying that you're making American Indian artwork. It was one woman. One of her rugs sold for a million dollars. Just yeah. think y'all hear what I'm saying. Just on your status alone, that increases the value of your artwork. Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. I found so I, I didn't you seen the hat. I made that hat myself when I had came up to New York, bro. That shit took oh, yeah? Yeah, that shit. Okay. Oh, I, I ain't know that. <laughs> Let me see if I can find um this brother's link. Uh he said uh Oh, that's DJ Primo. Shout out yeah. to Oh, yeah, yeah, Tecumseh. Yeah, okay. DJ Primo in the building. So that's my other cousin. For those of you who don't know, people know Turtle Gang. And I don't know if they think it's a whole bunch of us running around here. I don't know if they think it's just me. You know what I mean? But Turtle Gang represents primarily my family and people who we bond with that, you know, see the value in what we're doing. But it starts with, you know, primarily my family and my cousin, DJ Primo, Silent Hawk. He is just that. He's the Silent Hawk in, in Turtle Gang. 
that has been all over and has made so many connections with the different tribal communities from Canada on down to VA, you know, like he's done a lot of work. He's the one who's also taking the responsibility to bring the language back to our family. So, you know, I sit at his feet when it comes to discussing real tradition in terms of the culture and the language. Because when people understand what language embodies, it embodies so much of your culture. And it's like the blueprint, it's the, it's the manual for your culture, the language, you know what I mean? That's why language is so important. So yeah, if I'm my not cousin Tecumseh is the one, his business is called Native Tech. Um, I'm gonna send you the back, the, I'm gonna send you the, um, I'll send Bro. you the link and everything so you can order from them. And this is what we're talking about, supporting each other's businesses. Bro, you said Primo is, um, he's pretty almost like fluent in seven tribal languages when we have met? No, he speaks, well, he speaks two at this point. He speaks two, but he's familiar with the surrounding, some of the surrounding, like the coastal Algonquin terms. Like, you know what I mean? He, um, when you understand Muncie, you kind of have a blueprint for all the rest of the Algonquin languages because they primarily come from Muncie. You know, wow. Mun Muncie is one of the, is the oldest of all the Algonquin languages. You know what I'm saying? So that's his, that's one of his primary focuses. But, you know, like I said, when you learn language, it opens, that's a gatekeeper as well. That's yeah. the gatekeeper to all these cultures, actually, learn the language and doors will open. So I want to give my cousin a shout out, trying to get him up here. But, you know, he is Silent Hawk. He likes to move in silence. He's behind the scenes. You know, what I mean, I'm surprised he even jumped up to offer this to us. But thank you, cuz. I, I appreciate you. All right. So. um, So, yeah, nobody wants to come up. That's cool. I'm, I know they, they got the jewels. They, they heard what you had to say. I know I'm going to rewatch it and take notes even before we have a conversation moving forward. You know what I mean? About the business that we want to do deal with. So thank you again, brother. Appreciate you. Any last words, please um feel free. No, um, while I'm the walk in you know, peace and thank you, fam. It was like once again, it was an honor. And more people, all of you all should like and share this video and support Turtle Gang Entertainment because it's it's not many people out here doing what bro is doing. And I always I always feel fortunate just by the people that the universe gives me to be around. And I feel that way about this man here because a genuinely divine opportunity to be able to tap in with family like that on that capacity and just yeah. get those genuine connections. So, bro, like I said, just support, just support. And we got to start supporting each other so we can keep that money within our loop. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And another thing real quick, um, we will be having some basic language classes that DJ Primo Silent Hawk is going to be leading just some basic things so we can greet each other properly you know what i mean um so that's something i'm definitely going to include you in on i i'm definitely going to um, link you in with that so you can start because a lot of this is stuff we have to learn from people who actually speak it you can study it out the book but it's it's, it's not the same as learning it from somebody who speaks it mm -hmm. so that's something we're going to be moving forward with as well all right so once again, thank you, brother. I appreciate you. We're going to talk real soon. Um, 
Brother Gunther Walking, Oak, Owner Gunther Walking. Uh, appreciate you, peace and blessings. And um, you have a great night. Thank you very much, bro. And Anushik, Anishik Manishi. Okay. Peace. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks again. Um, this whole conversation was geared towards empowering and uh, empowering the people financially in ways we can, you know, do for ourselves. You know, it's a very it's very important that during our journey back home, while we're on this red road, we embrace, you know, our genealogy. We embrace customs, culture, and tradition. Right. And we also learn how to hunt and gather again. And the hunting and the gathering has shifted. You know what I mean? We can now hunt and gather digitally. You know what I mean? We can use this, this crypto wave. This is something that Turtle Gang is absolutely going to start getting into. I just needed to have a basic understanding of it. So this is the direction we're going to start moving in. And um, hopefully everybody got a gotta um you know if you hadn't already been on that wave hopefully this inspired you to start looking into these things and um peace and blessings and thank you very much i gotta get out of here peace